Slender Man teaches typing. You know what else is fun? Yeah. The Chompcast. Welcome to the Chompcast. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. Uh, we got a special show lined up for you guys. It's the end of the year show. Um, it's going to be a little bit different than obviously years past, where we had all these categories. We broke down our our informed, favorite and our knowledgeable. None of that this year. Yeah, not a single bit. You know what? We're not we doing do any no categories this year in the traditional sense as uh, we didn't get around to much video gaming this year, to be honest with you. We were all extremely, extremely busy with our personal and professional lives. So we're going to do our best to do kind of a facsimile of that, but also playing catch-up and whatnot. Uh, not playing in catch-up, but playing catch-up. Catching up. Oh, I'm leaving, man. Wait, what am I supposed to do with all this fucking ketchup? I have like different flavors, reduced sugar. Well, I don't know why they're fucking, but yeah, um, it is, that is strange. There are two wolves inside me, and they be fucking. Are their names ketchup? One of them. One. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how you said that. You're like one of them. That was one of the most uncomfortable things What's I've ever say? heard you say. What's he to tr- say? He truly said it like he was from the state his cup is representing. Uh, Ohio, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a Do joke. you know what states look like? Yeah, I was going to say, I hope so. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. I know it's Nebraska. I, Anyways. I, I know uh, you've been away into... for a while. <laughs> let's get into some very quick intros. Uh, the Midwest is stupid. <laughs> Not entirely. Can't believe you, Rich, oh. insulting ten people like that. <laughs> Nine of them are going to come at us. With ketchup. Uh, my name is Shay. I'm going to be hosting today's episode. Thank you for having me. Uh, not like you had a choice. Uh, first and foremost, I'm joined by the other longest tenured podcaster on this podcast, the one and only Josh Fowler. Josh, how are you doing today? All right. All right. Should be a different energy we're recording in the morning today and normally i'm drunk this time i'm just tired hey there you go now you're hungover mm-hmm. and it's and it's not only that Whole different vibe i'm kind of introducing everybody like i used to do a year ago mm-hmm. you feel weird <laughs> everything does yeah yeah well you know Josh, it's been a very, very weird year for us. You know, all the years past, we had some kind of form factor to our podcast. We had things strategically, I say words, strategically planned out to some degree before everything went to shit. But usually these days we start everything just going to shit. How has that affected your stress levels when you edit? Or Um. Yeah, it hasn't been too bad because I just gave up on editing. So <coughs> I'm proud of you. Yeah. It it I like helps. That. It helps when I don't have to cut out everyone coughing and clearing their throat and you know <laughs> my 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 <laughs> overall stress you know level. You yeah, you 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 all have to deal with it now. It's 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 no longer my problem. I've gifted it onto you, the listeners. You're welcome. That's so, mm-hmm. that's so cool, man. Yeah. Merry Christmas, if that's what you believe in. It's a or happy holidays day. from Mr. Holiday. Mm-hmm. Happy Honda days. Happy Toyota. <laughs> happy happy Toyota Lexus Toyota. December Not to Honda. remember sales event. 
Or Happy Toyotathon, definitely a sponsor. Yes. We're giving away a free Toyota RAV4 this end of the podcast. For sure. If you stick around, we are <laughs> 100%. One of, to one of the four hosts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right we're all putting money in and we're just rolling the dice and see which one of the hosts i, I the don't i don't even want it it's a shitty car <laughs> it is and you, your your car is pretty new actually so that would yeah. actually be a dad for you yeah yeah but josh thank- since it's like a 2006 josh thank you so much for being here um we found it I'm I'm proud of you for making it from your bed to your computer. Yeah, yeah. It's a struggle. You no, know, it, it truly, truly is these days. Getting out of bed is tough. But you know who else got out of bed, Josh? The one and only Rich Meister. Rich was absent recently. He's been off and on, you know, doing things like working and um, having a significant other and... Ugh. Oh, you know, the thought even. Yeah, weird, weird-ass things. But you know what? He said, work, keep your panties on. Significant other, hold your horses. Mom, not, don't talk like that. go jump off a bridge and fucking die. I have a podcast. That I might have said. That I might have said. <laughs> Rich, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm fine, you know. We're here. We're, we're making it happen. <laughs> we're making something happen you know like uh like me and you've done a much better job of this i must admit i'm so proud of you this year you've really kind of put in video gaming and a lot of your nerd hobbies on the back seat to really get in shape and yeah you fucking get dorks. Some <laughs> hobbies and stuff like that while still maintaining those hobbies to some degree i want to hobbies in- like heavy drug use <laughs> I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say heavy dumbbell use, but you know, drug use. That too, because you've been taking a lot of whey protein because you have been dropping the pounds and upping the muscle. What is your final count this year from where you started to where you're at now? Um, if you don't mind feeling that, I think I, I'm just over like eighty pounds, dude. Wow! I'm congratulations, seriously. In solidarity, I, it's you. really weird. You're like you're, you're angling you're, it into the camera. Yeah, it's I mean, uncomfortable. My, you didn't really oh, have to move the camera hands. so we could see. But thank you. Are you doing it with your feet? Like, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, He's doing it with feet. They're not his. Yeah, yeah. We, guys, we've been doing this podcast for seven plus years. I have yet to show my cock on camera while we're podcasting, so I figured this was the perfect time to do it. Cock reveal! (laughs) And unfortunately, nobody saw it because camera does not act, in fact, add 10 pounds to your The resolution just can't get that, Mm -hmm. like, that enhanced thing. Not a thing. Wait, did he just get that 4K camera? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it still can't capture it. It still can't capture it. God damn. It's a shame. But you know what Rich can capture is... The ability to lose weight. Oh, God. That was a reach. Wow. I, I'm mm. so hard for that one. We'll I work reached, on it next I year. I really am proud of you, dude. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. You're not the only one that's hard. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, am I hard? Just let that hang in the air. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what a hard penis does? I think this would have been a great plus spot for, like, an Osama joke. <laughs> Or let's just talk about the word tumescent. It's a great word. It is a good specifically word. Specifically referring to hard cocks. You know, yeah. as 
Osama was about to die, do you think he was too messant? Like, oh, the end is finally coming. My pain and torture is over. I was going to say, is it like a panic boner or a shame boner? Like, It could be all those boner. things. He's like, this is the last time I'll ever have to stress out about life. Like all the adrenaline just rushed to his cock? Well, we've all yeah. been there. True. I mean, when I'm when I'm hiding in a cave... When I'm riding the cyclone, horses. you know? <laughs> when I'm out at the dentist about to be put under for my cavity, I know I get a boner. That's yeah. why I have to change Well, that's because you get excited because your dentist, like, straddles you, like, reverse cowgirl and works very deep. And I'm like, sir, reverse. this is unnecessary. <laughs> my uh, teeth are up <laughs> here, sir. Huh. Okay. I, I'm I'm right here. <laughs> but <Did> Rich, you... <laughs> sorry, <coughs> I'm getting Josh, over the flu. Jo- Josh doesn't need to edit any of that. No, it's true. It's all going in. Exactly. I apologize. I'm getting over the flu right now. I have, I still have a slight cough from being sick. So I, there might mm-hmm. be a few of those. I'll try my best to not being mad ill, not be mad sick, bruh. Yeah. But uh. Ritz, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. And uh, let's get started on the show. No, I'm just kidding. And we got one other person to introduce. Uh, the little newcomer baby. I've never introduced him like this. It's Mr. Ray. Ray, how you doing? Are you like a baby or yeah, like Foghorn Leghorn? I, 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 I think <laughs> he's like a baby Adam Sandler or something. Yeah, I, I didn't know. What was happening there? <laughs> like, I got the intent, but just the actual inflection and everything. I was like, "What the fuck?" Hey, Rich, can you do, give me a baby Sandman? Oh, oh, geez, oh, here we go. Oh, you wanna, you wanna play blocks with the Sandman? <laughs> that was pretty fucking good. <laughs> oh. Pretty fucking good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to know where that was going to start or where it was going to go, but I did I, my I best. Like, I like in the middle of it, you had a little bit of like, you're revving your own engine as you're... Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. that was my favorite part. <laughs> There's been an awful lot of revving around engines on this show. It's been... We're talking about Jay and Off. Oh, that's right. Speaking of Jay and Off, how are you doing today, Ray? Well, I mean, I just finished, so I'm great. You know, a little sleepy, but also uh, as, as you do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I could just sit back in this chair and take a nap, but otherwise, I'm pretty fucking good. Don't forget to change your comforter. That is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I know oh, no, there's somewhere in the I, name, I, but it's not supposed to stay. Sleep in your mess, pig. No, don't worry. I did it right into a sock. <laughs> it wasn't my sock. Yeah. So, I, I have a quick question. When you sleep in your mess, pig. Do you cut it open while it's alive and just slide in there, or do you kill it, clean it out, and then sleep in the well, skin? Well, I think like a, a rabbi kills it to make sure it's kosher. Uh, oh, no, no. I just do it straight up like a tauntaun in Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. yeah, just get it open, get in there. Those intestines, that's heat. That's heat, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fucking heat, baby. I thought that was going to work with the Tenacious D song but it didn't anyways we're old millennials well i'm glad that, to hear that you're here ray um you know this has been your first fully fledged year of that doesn't make any sense just roll with it your first full year of being on the podcast we did um, two oh, the, of them the, 
the year where we roughly took off. Yeah. 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 And you know yeah. what? You made it to, I think, 11, 10 or 11 of the shows. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I didn't really count. Out of four. Yeah. I have a 500% rate of being here. Exactly. <laughs> it's crap. crazy. A lot of our shows this year are just you talking to a mirror. <coughs> That's a lot of my life, so. Come on. Get in there, Ray. Teach these kids. You Don't were... let them make fun of you. You were just no. doing the bit from Taxi. No, I was actually doing the bit of uh, Jack Donaghy talking into the mirror um, in 30 Rock. Okay. Wait, wait, do you guys hear that? Tastes like... That's the sound yeah. of at least three Gen Zers looking up the name Jack Donaghy in Google right now. It's Donaghy, damn it. Well, there it's you go. Me. me too. I'm going to have to look it up after this podcast because I don't know who the fuck that is. I was actually just looking up the Bilf Island trailers from 30 Rock the other day. They're basically one for one shots of the Milf. Again, we come full circle and that show just exists now. Yeah. Yeah. Milf Manor. It's it's yeah. the worst, best show ever made. Mm. I, lo- I love television. Yeah, truly is. Is the that, is that how you're going to spend your your Christmas vacation, Ray? Is uh, uh, quite a bit of it, man. I watch quite a bit of trash TV now. Like I've Same. gotten, you know, Sister Wives, any any permutation of Ninety Day Fiance. Love is blind. Is beautiful. Like these people are so stupid. Is hmm. has the Bachelor started yet? Where we just have some geriatric man looking to date. Uh, uh, I, I haven't seen I, that I, one yet. I know it's coming. I just does, I don't know if it's started. I, for one, really want us to get back into a place where we can comfortably go back to when Nathan Fielder parodied The Bachelor as the hunk. <laughs> and his entire bit through it was he kept trying to get the host to walk away because he was too handsome. He's like, <laughs> you got to get out of here, man. You're making me look bad. Yeah, but you know what? Seriously, though, with the trash TV thing, I'm just so inundated with it now because thanks to the writer strike and the actor strike, like nothing new that is scripted is still getting made. Like so like scripted TV is just still on hiatus. Like I know, you know, like Law and Order, for instance, isn't starting up until early 2024. Set a real Could year. you imagine that if they just did like impromptu episodes, kind of like Murder View? But da 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 da, they play the whole theme song. They should know? put Marshall oh, John Law. Yeah, there's a guy fucking yeah. dead on the floor. What do we do with him? Yeah, improbable. Oh, I don't know fucking what? know. I haven't had my coffee yet. You know, do ha- an impersonation ha- of, an, of an Indian person, but don't make it racist. <laughs> Past the, the cast greatest, of the greatest murder of years. <laughs> <laughs> that show they could probably make it work. You know, I can't give you guys shit for trash TV because you know what? I spend at least, I don't know, three hours of my week doing whenever I'm like cooking or cleaning. I'm re- I'm watching reruns. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, rerun clips on YouTube of uh, whose line is it anyways? That's kind of, oh, you could probably just find you could probably just steal whose line is it anyway off the internet. Probably yeah, probably the full episodes are on there as well. Yeah, yeah, but it's on my watching, phone, so it's easier to just like. Oh, okay, that's uh, that's fair. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Now you're watching clips of the old old stuff or like the Drew Carey stuff. Well, the, wait. So you're talking about the British one, the Drew Carey one? Yeah. Or the, are, are are you watching like the British one? No, I'm watching the newer the newer stuff with Aisha Tyler. I tr- mm-hmm. I tried, but I didn't get the the jokes in the British one. They were just like, "Oh, there, there, there aren't the jokes bobby's in the coming." One. 
In it? That's just how they talk. Yeah. In they just it? Say, in it? They just say in it a lot. <laughs> oh, my head down to the chippy, love. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> Great. Now our two British fans just tuned out. Thanks a lot, guys. I mean, now, what? Do you think they understand Brian, us? They don't, they they don't, don't even understand we're, we're making fun of them right now. They just they, like the noise. Mm-hmm. They're just like, they're from the colonies. Just here for they the accent. <laughs> I forgot I was in the colonies. <laughs> they're like, now, these, uh, is Ryan Stiles still on it? Because yeah. I feel like he was the one who, like, never left. So He lives there in the studio. Yes. So Colin and Ryan were pretty much... Like in the yeah. very original show, the Drew Carey version, the Aisha Tyler. It was originally supposed to be canceled because uh, the actors wanted more money, understandably so. And the network initially said they weren't going to pay him, and they retracted and said, we will pay you to come back for one final season. So one final season will be coming out at some point next year. And oh, wow. Be- and then Ryan has to find an apartment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He has, he has to move away from the room that's on top of the garage of the studio. <laughs> he sleeps in a bundle of blankets up in the rafters. Mm-hmm. Calls Damn it his it. nest. Him and Colin Mockery just kind of spoon for body heat. <laughs> hey, you know. It's going to be a tough one. That winter. is one funny cuddle puddle. That's, Hot. Just, that's just an unsavory term. Cuddle puddle. Not, not huge into that. <laughs> you know what we are huge into? Well, we used to be video games, and let's try and tread down that path. As I alluded like 10 minutes. to, this is our last show of the year, um, as deemed by Rich. Uh, he's going to be busy for the rest of the year, so we got to fit it all in now. This Get your jollies in now, boys. Listen, <laughs> look, I'm not my usual refined self. I do this once a month. Give me some credit. I'm trying here, okay? Mm-hmm. We're on the same cycle. <laughs> hmm. Some people just have it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, I wanted to start off with just like a few baseline questions for you guys to kind of like encapsulate this year, and then we can go into kind of the finer details of what you guys have been doing and what you're looking forward to and whatnot. Um, there's been some really notable things to happen this year as unlike previous years where it's just like games came out because you know there's this big world pandemic thing that happened this year saw a lot of shit go down and so i kind of wanted to just have some basic questions regarding that so we're gonna start with kind of a sad one and i'm gonna start with you josh what do you think is the that is starting with the sad one (laughs) <laughs> has two meanings there mm-hmm. manic um, depressive disorder yay I don't want to die I promise uh, so I starting, no with you, starting with you Josh what do you think was the saddest moment in gaming of 2023 so now that can be that can be very mm. hyper specific you can be like in this video game this scene happened and that really made me sad or it can be something more like I don't know, general, expansive, all-encompassing, so on and so forth. This is left open-ended because I want each one of you guys to interpret it. And Rich I've and Ray, got my, I've already got mine locked. Well, I'm to gonna find ask your guys, sorrow. I'm going to ask you guys the same questions, so be thinking about it now. Yeah, Rich you should have just asked it. it like that. You should have said, what is your sorrow? 
I already know my answer, so <laughs> okay. Um, <coughs> man, that is that. Is, mm. This has not been a great year for the industry, just in general. So it's so hard to choose just one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there, there have been so many massive layoffs, um, this year that it's just. It doesn't feel fair to put one of them on a pedestal. Yeah, you can just you can just go with that. You could just go with all the massive layoffs that have been happening this year. Yeah, like that's it's, fine. It's it's. I'm not a huge AAA fan, but that's not really. We're not losing AAA games because of downsizing or anything like that. Like we're losing, you know, people who are actually doing the creative work on these games, and that's you know kind of a loss to all of us. Mm. especially a lot, you know, it's not a great time for them to be losing their jobs either. Um, so, yeah. So to kind of go into that, just to kind of give some people who probably already know much better than we do, but this is also kind of a, a good recap. For, yeah. Uh, it's a good recap for us as well. Um, Embracer group had a, a restructuring program. Um, happened because they failed to reach a $2 billion U.S. $2 billion deal, which caused them to close some studios. Also, Uh, Shay, I'm just going to interrupt you. It's worth noting that that $2 billion deal apparently was with the Saudi public fund. Yes. Which is linked to some not great officials that may kill journalists for fun. Mm -hmm. Also, also, yes, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, no, notably, one of the studios that got closed, all of them, obviously, it's very sad, but uh, one that people will probably recognize more is Volition. Um, mm-hmm. Famous for many, yeah. many scenes, was yeah. shuttered. Um, there were some other, excuse me, some other um, major studios that ended up uh, trimming, like Epic Games, for example, uh, trimmed 16% of its workforce back in September. That feels like just yesterday that that happened Bungie laid off 100 employees due to let less players playing destiny 2 ubisoft laid off 124 employees um layoffs happened at amazon games digital brothers humble games congregate and uh there there were more as well so i mean that you know, I'm going to just jump in for a second because the layoff situation was going to be my answer as well. The biggest sorrow in this whole situation in video games in general. <coughs> and this comes on the back of like record profits and some yeah. <coughs> truly like watershed moments in games coming out. Like I still haven't played Tears of the Kingdom, but I've seen enough to know that that game is going to be like a benchmark for like games to come. And seeing so many of the banger, the flat out bangers that have come out this year, mm-hmm. you know, the industry, the workers who make this stuff don't deserve what happened to them. Yeah. You know, the the executives continue to rake in the profits. You know, I understand companies aren't charities. I understand shareholders demand return on investment, but the there are better places to trim the fat than getting rid of the people who are actually doing the work when you look yeah. at the sort of bonuses these executives are raking in well or to just, be to be fair guys i mean hasbro just, less, Hasbro just, just laid profit. off a bunch of people also that 
Hasbro just laid off a bunch of people and their CEO gifted himself millions of dollars in bonus. Yeah, so, no, I, I mean, I, if, if we don't trim the fat, then how are how will he have a fourth yacht? Get their bonuses? Mm-hmm. How will he have a fourth yacht? Yeah, and, and you know what? A lot of this seems to be done to hit revenue targets yeah. set forth by boards, which is just makes it all the more callous because it turns the humans into nothing but cold calculus. It's like, okay, you're nothing but part of the equation, and you got to go. Yeah, and that's, that's just wrong. Nobody wants cold calculus. You want hot. Steamy, steamy calculus, calculus. Yeah. like a nice, like a nice holiday drink, you know, like a hot Dr Pepper. Uh-huh. I'd even settle for lukewarm calculus <laughs> at this point. Yeah. yeah, and you know what though? Like, granted, I didn't buy the new. Uh, so you brought up Embracer Group. Embracer went on this buying spree of yeah. studios, and they embraced seemed, them. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yes, yeah that would be the other part of this was that the industry has coalesced down to like oh consult consolidation there are about That's... 40 less you know actual companies owning most of gaming as of this year and i embracers... no longer wish to participate in capitalism mm-hmm. yes but embracers seemed especially <clears throat> reckless like they just went on this like blind buying spree and they really were uh relying too much so on like capital coming in from outside sources to where that's Mm. just untenable like again that's just reckless so you have a studio like volition that's been around for decades you know volition i did not like grand theft auto 4 i bought it when it came out i got very bored with it very quickly i did not like nico bellic i didn't like you didn't want to go bowling yeah i didn't like his you know cousin come bowling I, I, i didn't care it was boring to me it was melodramatic i didn't give a shit and then I found Saints Row 2. And then I was like, this is like Grand Theft Auto, but it doesn't take itself seriously. It's still and fun. And it's fucking awesome. And then Saints Row 3, to me today, is still one of the best examples of that type of game. You know, and they've had their hits and misses with like Agents of Mayhem. And then from what I understand, that new Saints Row, again, I didn't buy it, is not that great. But you know what? They still I played out- it. It was not great. <laughs> And you know what, though? Like, you give time and effort to a lot of studios like that, they could turn games around. I mean, you know, look at what happens with any number of Ubisoft games. Look what happens with Grand Theft Auto Online, even. Like, people didn't like it at first, and now, you know, that game has been out since the Xbox 360 PS3 days. Uh And it's still, like, the hottest thing out there. You know, you can give time to turn it around, but no, like, you have Embracer just acting recklessly, and then they fuck up. Like, yeah. eventually, you're going to, you know, you, you sprint constantly, you're going to trip and fall, especially when it comes to businesses like that, when you're talking about millions and billions of dollars. And yeah. they did, and they fell hard. And they're not the ones who are suffering, the ones at the top. It's everyone else that's getting axed that suffers, and it's just wrong. Yeah, and yeah. I think they'd have learned that at this point, because especially over the last few years, some of the biggest games have been rediscoveries of games that were you know four or five years old um in recent years i just had that support like yeah they just kind of turn around and then just keep (sighs) growing the thing is like i feel like almost that games as a service thing like works to an extent but like i kind of like the ongoing game in terms of like the the outset from the beginning of this thing is and i feel like usually you find success in that market when it's like we didn't go in with the mindset of this is going to be a thing forever we just supported it in the right ways and the player base came and a way to make revenue from it came. And that's a great uh, use case. 
Yeah. I mean, granted, it is a games as a service, but like Destiny did that. Rainbow Six Siege from Ubisoft did that. You know, you mm-hmm. stick with it and you make it right. But even uh, look at games evolve. Like, look at like what Rocket League is now. Yeah. And that's an example of Epic doing right. Granted, Epic has now seemingly integrated all of its studios into Fortnite because apparently you can now play Guitar Hero in Fortnite. Oh, I'll talk about that later. Okay. Like, so, you know, they bought Harmonic, so it's like, oh, let's put them to work on doing what they do. Yeah. Okay. Note tracks. Um, okay. So that yeah. kind of combine that kind of combines your guys's both of your guys's saddest yeah. moment of the year. Rich, what what is yours? Okay, so I'm gonna keep it light uh, because I knew you guys were gonna take it really serious, and we were gonna talk about something that was important. Mine's a little bit more personal. Um, my saddest moment of the year is when I spent seventy dollars on Starfield and it sucked ass. <laughs> oh man, you didn't even you that didn't game even go the Game Pass sucks. route. And I don't care what anybody says. I was, that I was game say, you sucks. Know, you know it's on Game Pass, right? Yeah, I know. I don't have Game Pass anymore. Oh, oh see, uh, oh, see, uh, Game Pass has been a boon for me. You know, yeah, that I always sucks. say that, and then I maybe play one game a month on it, and and I realize I'm it's probably overpaying for the one indie game a month. That's that I'm why I got rid it. of it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got rid of it. Uh, but yeah, but the moral of the story is that game sucks. It's That's like really they, a shame. They were like, "Hey, what if Skyrim was worse?" Well, they did literally promise. This is non-editing Josh here. Because, again, I don't edit anymore, but Skype just yeah, shit no. the bed. So, so that's why everyone cut out for, uh, for a good five oh. seconds there. And me explaining this to you in an audio format means I, I, I don't have to fix anything. Now, now you know. I know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if anybody put any time into that game besides me. I I certainly I, uh, I installed it. Don't. It's not good. So I should just delete it. Yeah. Save the hard drive space. I mean, I and do uh, I feel like every use expansion. case they're like, all right, when you get to the new game plus, it's like crazy. Be like, what? no. Be like, <laughs> oh, that was like the promise I remember way back when with Final Fantasy 13. When you get 30 hours in, it gets good. And I'm like, what? And then I got there and it didn't. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, what was your yeah. least favorite thing about the game besides it sucked ass? It's boring. It uh, is a oh, technical hey, mess. And uh, it, like I said, it just it feels like an old game. Like it yeah. feels like this game could have come out 10 years ago in a negative way. It's built like, on the same engine as Skyrim, right? And like the same I engine think, I that believe you forever. So. What, yeah. Or if there, I think there was a new engine between Skyrim and Fallout 4. It's on that engine, maybe. But it just, it feels like one of those, and it's yeah, it's their last game on still, their current engine. They, how are you still making these exactly the same way? Wasn't that engine based on like Half Life or some shit? Um, I, I don't know enough to answer possibly. that. Possibly, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't. It's like it's one of those things where I remember seeing as like the game awards are gearing up and some people like Starfield got uh, screwed. I'm like, no, it didn't. I played it. That (laughs) game sucks. It deserves no awards. It's not good. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. That's short and simple. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine's going to be kind of hyper specific and this is more personal to me and I'm sure you guys will kind of agree with it. So 
I think the saddest moment besides the ones that are the, the first one that um, Josh and Ray mentioned is that uh, Charles Martin took a step back from voicing Mario and other characters this year. Um, you know, that he's no longer doing voice acting for Nintendo characters. And to me, that was like a a sign of like, wow, okay, we really are getting old. We are we are coming to a new era of gaming. And I, I know that's kind of a weird thing to say because eras in gaming come and go so quickly. But for me, that was like, oh, shit, we really are getting older. Oh, shit. Yeah. Things are going to things are changing whether I want them to or not and whether the gaming world wants them to or not. And I think that <clears throat> to me, it's sad for like a multi-layer thing besides the nostalgia factor and bes- besides the, you know, the quote unquote never ending struggle to not get old or whatever. But also it was kind of like symbolic of how hesitant what's the word i want to say how i I don't know game gamers can be so hard to please and so like when anything changes in a slightly uncomfortable way gamers will bitch endlessly but if things don't change enough gamers will bitch endlessly and you know there's there's that kind of like that that weird vibe that has always existed in gaming and so the fact that Charles Martinet, you know, has to quote unquote take a step back, you could you could hear, you know, you heard people bitching last year that Chris Pratt was the voice of Mario, and then it comes out at, earlier this year yeah, that I don't even Charles understand Martin that. Is, like that, it makes absolutely no sense to me. He's got so much work ahead of him voicing Garfield that he'd how did, distract how himself to like both that. Those characters, uh huh, yeah, right. But I, like, it makes me sick to think about it. <laughs> Right, it just it you just know, rem- follow, it kind of was a reminder Gilbert. to me that like I I don't ever want to become that where like I'm too yeah hesitant of change you know yeah. and like it kind of made me sad of where where gaming is at where a lot of people now will stick with the few things that they're comfortable with and the the you know our our era of gaming the 90s late 80s early 90s where people were trying so many crazy different things those risks aren't really taken unless you look at indie games and even then unless you are really in tune with indie gaming you miss a lot of really cool um yeah ideas that are being thrown out there that's why i only play c-man for the dreamcast Thanks, Leonard Nimoy. Uh-huh. You're welcome. Rest in peace. Rest in power, Leonard Nimoy. Right. But Wakanda forever. <laughs> yeah. That joke's just for me. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, but, uh, no. <laughs> you know what, though, Shay? You bring up a good point with the change. Like, um, like, me being a little bit older, I even remember, I thought it was weird when Mario had a voice whatsoever. Like, when the N64 first came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was used to the absolute silence, and then you hear, "Yeah, wow, woohoo!" Like to me, I was like, "Oh, this is weird." But then, you know what? We settled in, and it became yeah. the standard. I'm yeah. still impressed that Nintendo just 
kept the same voice for that long. So many other companies would have just been, oh, it's just random sound effects. We don't need, you know, to keep any sort of consistency with this. But no, Mario was Mario, even with just that very limited... Yeah, Marnay was the voice yeah. of... And he's that, not like, just Mario. He's also he's, Wario. I think he's yeah. Luigi. He's Waluigi. Yeah, yeah. He's all yeah, four he's of all, them. Yeah, he's all. And don't forget, he's still employed by Nintendo in some way right now. Like he's like a special ambassador or something like that. But if I had to guess what's going to happen to Charles Martinet specifically, um, I think they're. You know, obviously Mario has a new voice actor, mm-hmm. and you know I've seen enough of Mario Wonder to does a fine job. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. though, if Nintendo pays Mr. Martinet for, like, a voice print, much like what James Earl Jones did with Darth Vader. So they Possibly. can create... Yeah, I mean, so they, they wouldn't even AI need a voice print. Like, he's got such a, you know, library of sounds already made for, for everything. It's not like... They we have need... all the wahoos we could ever need. Yeah, exactly. Like, unless they decide to go with, like, full voice acting for something... They they kind of they could reuse yeah. the library is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. They might just yeah. pay him to sort of just be like, listen, be the special ambassador. We mm-hmm. still get to use it where we want because, you know, obviously Mario's been recasted, but you know we don't know about Mario, <coughs> Waluigi, Luigi. Yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, Luigi has already got because Luigi's in Wonder as well. I think that's fair to speculate because, like, when uh. Major Barrett passed away in the 90s. Uh, she was the wife of Gene Roddenberry, who did the uh, voice acting of the ship's computer. Mm-hmm. She also played Loxana uh, Troy and some other roles in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Before she passed away, she actually recorded uh, the va- or not the vowel sounds. Sorry, the uh, phonetic sounds, all of them, all the English phonetic sounds. That way, in the future, if they ever wanted to use her voice um, as the ship's computer, they could just use technology to put that together, and her voice would live on forever if they ever wanted to do that. Now, this was the 90s when they did that, and now we have AI and other technology where you probably don't need to do that. You can make a hologram of grandma. Recording anymore. And it's going to be interesting to see if they do that with... Mario and Charles Martinet. You know? Yeah. Or if he's just kind of like a cultural ambassador, maybe that's his yeah, role. Yeah, like, I don't think they're gonna just, like, bring him back for everything from now on, because, frankly, the, like, the sound design and kind of the, the, the personality in Wonder has changed a good deal. And I... Sure. And it's not bad. It's not like, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing ever. We, we have to fix this I think right they're away. also just trying to step in line with the tone they've set with the film because it was such a success. Uh, to somewhat. I mean, it doesn't really feel that, like no, that, I mean, it is very much it's, the same It's hard sort to of... say that out of wonder because they were clearly, you know, that game was obviously in development before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that it is movie, a similar like, vocabulary as far as, like, the, the, the new sound effects, <laughs> you know, being yeah, less, no, no, I you agree. know, video game bloops. Because, you know, sure. that was what we could do on the NES, and they've yeah. now changed. It's, you know, cymbal crashes for butt stomps and stuff like that. Like, the sort of sound effects you'd expect from a cartoon and not from a video game. Which, yeah, I, again, I think that is the tone going forward they're going to to go with, which I think is fine, because that 
that movie is very good for what it is. Like that yeah. movie was more fun than I expected it to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, me and you saw it. To- we saw it together. It was great. We we both yeah. walked out of there going, this was a really, it, it worked on a kid's level. It worked on an adult level, you know, like, I can't the... wait to see Danny DeVito and Willem Dafoe as Wario and Waluigi. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> no, like, despite memification over the decades, it really struck me in the same tone how, like, Shrek did. Like, when I first saw Shrek, I was like, this works for everybody in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it works with the references for the adults. It's colorful and fun for the kids. Like, good movie. And you yeah. know what? If the games take their take their calling from that i i can't blame nintendo no that's yeah. fair that's fair. i really related to that suicidal luma oh my god the nihilistic luma <laughs> that was oh, yeah. oh my goodness that character needs to actually end up in games if that's if, the if, one character yeah if he doesn't make his way back to the super mario galaxy continuity for the next one just to be kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that used to be like a whole thing, you know, like the special stars for each level. Like you've got to go find the Luma that's off on some corner of the world trying yeah. to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. It's just like this. Go Luma's talk him like down. Huff, this lo- death this comes for us all. Yeah, huffing paint. Yeah. That's the rated R Mario I'm looking forward to. Yep. Hell yeah, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> but well, it, it's just like how everyone was pissed that they got Wind Waker when they wanted the mature Zelda. Mm-hmm. Wind Waker slaps. My fanny. But let's move on to the next question. What was your favorite moment in gaming this year? Again, left open-ended for a reason. Um, I'm sure I will get a bunch of smart-ass answers, but, you know, I, I come to expect nothing less from this group that I have aligned myself with. Um, you know, we're going to swap it over to Rich. You can go first. Oh, this Christ. Time. I don't and know, man. And then we'll go Ray, and then we'll end with Josh. Rich, what was your favorite moment in gaming this year? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm going to keep it pretty vague here. Uh, just be, it is the over 200 hours I spent with Baldur's Gate 3. Hmm. That game is just fucking phenomenal. Like, so, so. If we can make that simpler, just the unexpected surprise of how good Baldur's Gate 3 would be. The unexpected hook of, like, getting me back into a CRPG in that way. Like, Larian fucking knocked it out of the park. And that that is just, that is one of my favorite gaming things from this year. Mm. I think a lot of people would agree with you. I mean, that game still gets talked about, not only amongst other friends of mine, but just in the gaming community in general. I constantly see posts of excuse me, posts of it on Reddit, on social media. I'm playing it a little bit again here and there when I have time, and I'm still finding things I haven't seen. I love that. I think that's how games should be. It's like you have this this niggling feeling of, man, I haven't quite done everything that I can in this game, and <laughs> I'm getting a lot of shifting eyes at using a very normal vocabulary word. I mean, it's normal, just not one you can use. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Say that. There's been a commercial on this. You, you can't use those gamer words. Yeah. On the, on the show. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> TM. Gamer TM. Josh. But no, um, those games that have that niggling feeling of like, I, I finished it, but 
did I really finish everything? Did I see everything I want to see? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was easy. Yeah. Uh, Ray, what has been your favorite moment in gaming this year? Um, for me, it's been uh, finishing a specific game, Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie. Um, I thought it was going to be my quote-unquote game of the year. It's pretty much like a lock because I am such a mark for the series. Uh, it's not. It's probably my number two. But <coughs> honestly, just seeing such an expansive story arc finally come to a close, and it's still continuing. Like, there's going to be a next game that continues the story, but this arc is actually ending now with this game. Mm. And just to see, it, it took 10 games. And these 10 games take dozens of hours to beat at a time. And mm. the story is all interconnected. This game is probably the least jump-in friendly game I've ever seen in the sense that it assumes you know what's going on in nine previous games across the PSP, the Vita, the PlayStation consoles, like, they assume a lot, and you know what, though? If you're along from the ride, it's so worth it. So just to see a series stick the landing so well, like, that's not even easy for a singular game. Like, a game could falter in its story, you know, have a great story throughout, and then at the end just kind of biff the landing. But this, over the course of 10 games over a decade, they, you know, the team has a singular vision, and they stuck through it. And it just shows that... Falcom is low key one of the better, one of the best storytellers in video games. Mm. That's awesome, man. So both you and uh, Rich had singular games that you really clung to this year. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, Josh. It's okay, Josh doesn't have to edit that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um. But that's dope. I like that. I like that. Two very, very different uh, series of games, I should say. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, granted, Baldur's Gate is very much, you know, D&D-ass D&D, which... Yes. Oh, my God. Like, I need to get to that game because I think I would love the shit out of it. Like, everything I've heard, including from Rich, it's just... It, it's Larian almost seems to be carrying on the uh, legacy of what Bioware used to be. Mm. Kind of seems that way. Kind of seems that way. Well, dope. Josh, what is your happiest moment or favorite um, moment of 2023? In gaming. In-game, whatever word I'm trying to say. With, like, the moments just aren't as big of a thing for me usually one that has really stuck with me though is just kind of the technological flex that they're they're doing with spider-man 2 mm. with the amount the speed of the loading like it's it's the game that's finally like okay this this console can do some disgusting shit with data handling and that game opens with a fight with Sandman, where he literally throws you across the entire length of New York. Mm. And you just see the entire thing streaming in. And granted, they only have to load a narrow corridor for you to fly through, but it's still loading so ridiculously fast that it just kind of 
like broke my brain for a second. Like, is this really happening in engine that they're just just doing this now? Um, it wasn't pre-rendered. Mark Cerny had the biggest heart on he ever had seeing that scene for the first time. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of continue that by the fast travel in this game is it's like a little 3D top-down map and the camera zooms in to that map, you know, and you see like the city come up to your sides and it loads in just in a single camera move sweeping into the map and it just turns into the city that you can just fast travel from any point in the city to another and it's just there. Um, and it's a it looks really cool, but then it's just it's an unnecessary flex that I think is we need that in games sometimes. Like I'm not a huge like oh the graphics have to be the most amazing thing or um you know technological snob, but I really like when someone puts the effort into doing something that you didn't think you could do um, mm. in gaming. And I got that a lot, not from, like, the overall gameplay. The overall gameplay is just more Spider-Man, which is fine. I love playing that, but I don't. I didn't feel like, oh, this is revolutionary. But then just watching some of the technological things they did in that game were like, oh, okay, all right, this is we can do new things in games because of what you're showing us here. Um, mm. And that's always something I enjoy. Um, just kind of... I think we should opening celebrate... Opening up possibility space. Yes. I think. Exactly. So Exactly. Opening up and celebrating new possibilities mm-hmm. in gaming. Because yeah. that trickle... Theoretically, if smaller companies and studios can afford it can can trickle down yeah yeah you know i like that that's a dope um kind of along more of ray and rich's ray's and rich's uh favorite moment or part of gaming this year mine would have to be the quote-unquote return of single-player games to the mainstream you know these X amount of years have been really dominated by multiplayer games and multiplayer experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. I mean, multiplayer games are a great way to, you know, connect or reconnect with friends, turn your brain off or have your brain working in a different way. And that's all fine and good. You know, for example, this year, I'd say about 70%, 70 to 75% of my gaming has come in just gaming with friends. Um, on old games or like tabletop simulator, things yeah. like that. So that's perfectly fine. But I think that, you know, the last few years, I personally have seen articles and article headlines talking about is single player games, are single player games dead? Are they dying? Are they a dying breed? And it was a weird thing to see because obviously in the mainstream, sure. In indie games, fuck no. But I understand that the mainstream is what pays the bills. I get that. That's fine. But seeing that, you know, you, there was so much success with single player games this year. I don't need to go down the list. Most of you already know the ones that were huge successes this year. Yeah. Even the ones like Starfield that were mediocre successes. 
added to the effect of saying like no. Yeah, so, uh, so many of the big first games player, this year. Yeah. Yeah, or not first player, but uh uh single player story driven games are still fantastic. Uh still can sell machines and sell games and prop mm-hmm. studios up. It was good to see um that this year kind of be loaded with those style of games to essentially say, yeah, they still sell. Yes, they still work in 2023 and beyond. So it was really, really good and uh, relieving to see uh, single-player games sell and be appreciated by the masses this year as much as, as it has been. So. I, I was very relieved. I was very happy. Uh, warmed my heart every time I saw a different single-player game getting a ton of praise, um, whether it's the media or by the mass amounts of players. So very, very happy with that this year, personally. Well, to your point about that, this year is also seen almost where I feel like we've reached the oversaturation point with games as a service model. Like we have so many games launching with that stuff built in and with the multiplayer elements and people are just like they've already chosen their games. Like you look at something like a a Diablo four, you know, that game has gone almost, I feel like, unnoticed. Yeah, you know, normally in past years, a Diablo release from Blizzard Entertainment would have been like a huge deal. You know, right. you look at something like Overwatch 2. I feel like Overwatch 2 doesn't get the critical mass that the, even the original Overwatch got. I feel like now people at this point, they've chosen their service games. And, you know, we mentioned earlier with layoffs, Destiny 2 has seen a drop off in players. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that service model, that forever model. Mm. It's it's it, it can't, not people can't pay for Everything. 10 battle passes. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like I will still pay for every other month. I'll pay for um, the Marvel Snap Battle Pass because I still play that game from time <laughs> to time. Mm-hmm. But that is also like a free to play game where I don't feel exploited at all. It's also on my phone. So I'm just like around. I'm like, oh, I'll just play this while I'm waiting online at the bank. Um, yeah. No, I feel like we're seeing this critical mass and it's almost help shepherding a renaissance of single player games where people don't feel beholden to stick with a game for ever mm. mm-hmm. you know you could play you could play a you know and sony is long trumpeted this sort of style of game if you look at their god of wars their last of us's their uncharted's you know they've stuck with their prestige single player games and it it, it seems like in the long term it's working out for them mm-hmm. yeah no, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's that's indicative um, of a bigger, pro- much much bigger problem is the uh, gaming as a service and having all the services and stuff like that. And there, there's a whole giant uh, hole we can go down into to talk about that, but I think you touched upon it pretty well. Basically, that we're kind of seeing a shift yeah. in gaming right no, now. No, it's you, a good. That shift. was a great job touching that hole, Ray. I love touching that hole. I agree. I agree. The hole is spiraling a restraining order. <laughs> Good. Okay, so the one of one of the last kind of overarching questions, and then I have some kind of 
more personalized questions is uh what was the weirdest moment or like the biggest what the fuck moment in gaming this year um for you guys and i'm gonna start with you ray and then we'll go to josh and then rich i mean the biggest what the fuck to me in gaming this year i mean we touched on it earlier not even touched on it we talked about it at length why so many layoffs despite record profits like that that just, it just kills it kills me inside like you know we joke about you know capitalism is horrible like, we we joke about it, we say it seriously but it's just such a prime example of what the fuck mm. like these people shouldn't be losing jobs when executives are taking home record profits shareholders are taking home record returns you know you have these games games are bigger than ever like Games are just as big as a movie industry. Games are just as big as bigger, any entertainment. Yeah, any yes, it's any entertainment big- industry out there. You know, we we swallowed seventy dollars per game now. Like no, like people complain, but they still not did. the only thing you swallowed. That's correct. Come, that's correct. Semen, correct. That's just a synonym for what Rich wads said. and wads of jizz. Yes, the music um, from Star Wars. Like the cantina, Max Rebo and the Jizz Whalers. Yes, <laughs> Jizz of the Hut. Never forget that canonically, that type of music in Star Wars is called Jizz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God bless George Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> what a guy. Uh, sorry, it's Jizz Lucas now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're all saluting, by the way. <laughs> Call me Jizz. You can't see this audio podcast. God bless America. <laughs> The home of jizz. That's just Pornhub. I think Tatooine is the home of jizz. I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm not a nerd. Well, they do call it moisture farming. <laughs> mm. uh, That's what people come to this podcast for. The jizz jokes. Yeah. Welcome to the Chomcast, where you'll get a healthy plethora of jizz jokes. jokes get jokes, wet jokes. with sound. That's right. We'll Ooh. be beaten off to our own jokes about semen. Splash yep. into the splash zone of jizz. Cranking yep. that hog. That's right. We're going to be cranking 24-7 on the uh, jizz channel. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah, dial that number and we'll. I be you're cranking that hog. Oh God! This will I was work on almost going to do a shock voice, and I was like, "I'm about to take it too this far." Is what happens when we record in the morning? It's it's cranky and the hog in the morning. Cranky and the hog. That's a, that. Yep, that works. Oh no! I'm ah. sniffing for some jizz. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That's how so, you yes and boys. So yeah, a lot of people got laid off cult, and baby. lost and lost their jobs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why layoffs are happening. Mm. Yeah, because people much are cranking jizz. it. I thought there's too much hogging of the jizz, but you are know. we on crank anchors? That show should come back. It did. I, yeah, and it, it did. And then it went away again. Yeah. Oh no! Did Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> run it again? Oh no! <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh, um all I know is that like 
crank anchors. All I ever think of is that unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt joke where Titus keeps asking if he's on crank anchors. Like, Titus, <laughs> you're not on crank anchors. It's not a show anymore, and they would call you. I just think of the one guy going, I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> uh, we should bring back crank anchors. Mm. How about jerky boys? I was always privy to jerky boys. The the rights to crank anchors are probably like $4 at this point, so I'll just buy it real quick. Okay, it's, in okay. Jimmy, hey. it's in Jimmy Kimmel's closet. Yeah, Meanwhile, Josh him. is going to talk about his weirdest moment in gaming this year. Josh, send it. Huh. Um... Weirdest. This podcast. Yeah, you know, this is up there. This is this is up there. I have to imagine for most people hard to top. Um which I certainly I, it's understandable. Bottom Bottoming's a whole lot, you know. <laughs> we had the same joke. There we go. It's just easier. Um I like you said that with a little sass. Yeah. It's just easy. <laughs> Um, Your sass didn't go unnoticed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You sassy little bitch. Whoa. Mm. What? It's endearing. It's a sassy little fuck now. Mm. Oh, is it? Isn't that what? what are you doing? Hmm? What aren't I doing? What? Huh? Uh, Did he just freeze again? No. Did you? Did we? Only. We? Josh, your favorite moment, your weirdest moment in gaming this year? I love dead air. Yeah, yeah. Dead air. Oh my god. Um. I I don't even know. Like um. Hmm. Rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't. Okay. So, no answer. Okay. No answer. Rich. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. No for me, okay. for me, it was when I played Starfield and it fucking sucked. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, tell us how you really weird. feel about Starfield. Yeah. You know, the it funniest thing about sucks. that is that wasn't that weird to me, because, you know, the writing was on the wall, considering the only thing they released in the last decade was Skyrim, and, and, and also Skyrim, and Skyrim, and... Skyrim. And Skyrim. Oh, oh, oh and don't forget Skyrim. Yeah. Wait, wait, Skyrim was re-released? Where can I play Skyrim? Where can't you're, you're, you're playing, playing it now, you're, Ray? On, does you, if you're, 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 you're currently Skyrim playing Skyrim, you just if your if your blender has a digital display on it, you can play it there. There we go. I t- I, I teed it all up, and you all knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. You know what? I actually do have a uh, a weird moment in gaming for me because it was one of those moments where I was like, this is like they're trying to get me to do something. Like it's like a a gaming product has been made specifically just for me. And it was when uh, Fortnite announced that they were putting in a skin of Formula One driver Lewis Hamilton. Uh-huh. <laughs> because my immediate thought was, <laughs> do children know who Lewis Hamilton is? It's I like they marketing you, specifically to me. <laughs> I can tell you right now, they don't, because I was in a classroom a few weeks ago when Lewis Hamilton was released to Fortnite, 
And his student asked me, because he was looking up Fortnite news when he was supposed to be doing his work, who is Lewis Hamilton? And you knew because you know me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had an answer for him otherwise. Thanks, Rich. You're a f- great friend. Yeah. Welcome. You do a lot for this podcast. That, that felt really sarcastic somehow. It was the least amount possible, typically. Hey. One I of mean, us. you've you've increased my Euro trash knowledge like two hundred percent. You're welcome. Mm. Yeah, before and now, sir, the only thing you knew about Euro trash was that one frog with his dick out all the time. And it, it's Sir Lewis Hamilton to you. So my weirdest moment in gaming this year definitely has to be uh, just last week when it was officially announced that E3 was permanently canceled because I thought that was already a thing. And then they announced it and I was like, oh, they didn't permanently cancel We do this it. every year. Yeah. We, we, we willed um, it into existence. We just, yeah. You know, all snarkiness aside, that is my weirdest moment because it should have been canceled at the start of the pandemic. I mean, yeah. Like when 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 companies started doing their own digital showcases, I was like, okay. And by that logic, it should have been canceled in 2014. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's just a it's a bizarre thing for someone to just say to you. It's like it's like it's like someone in 2023 saying. Hey, did you hear Henry Kissinger died? Like, how, how, sure how, 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 how is he not dead like two or three decades ago? Pretty sure Nelson Mandela died in jail. Mm-hmm. Listen, in the end, Jeff Keighley held up a sign to E3 saying, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. and they did, and they did. <sighs> beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, that is a weird one. Uh, E3 is outdated. Uh, I think it's going to come back at some point. They're going to—they're not going to let the name go. Uh, they've tried to reinvent it four times in the past year. Uh, I think the biggest problem is they never redid the. We don't logo. need it anymore. That's probably the issue. Yeah, yeah it's probably, probably the issue. issue. If at any point they redid the logo, probably if they just stuck fixed around. the logo. Yeah. It, it would be—it would probably be fine. It'd probably still be—we'd be there right now. Mm-hmm. I know, I know it's kind of like a running joke on this podcast that I hate E3 for no unknown reason. The truth is, like, it never seemed like... I never got the spark or the excitement of that show. Like, even 13, 14 years ago when we did our old podcast. Like, it's exciting to get gaming news, but especially in the 2010s, 2020s, it makes sense that, like, <laughs> we have access to that information and at any given point in time. Mm-hmm. why do we need to wait for one showcase every year to get just like the most exciting news when, especially now with like the way digital showcases work, they're much more bite size. Yeah. They're much more digestible. And um, I still get hyped for those digital showcases when it's like Nintendo, uh, we're about to do a Pokemon showcase. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can devote 15, 20 minutes to this. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of, the use case for why you don't need E3 anymore, but, like, the the thing that will be missed about E3 is that, like, there's no more, and no packs or anything can really fill this, there's no more real scenario where the industry gets together in person in that way anymore, and I do think what you'll see is, like, pitches for the industry are going to have to evolve, because so many games are pitched at, like, backdoor meetings at E3, 
like it is also a really good chance for people to get their foot in the door in the industry and meet people in person and that kind of stuff going away is a shame but i, I hope some kind of outlet for it is found that that That's i will I agree say. I mean, that 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 yeah. is the the unfortunate part is like not again not to get too far down the rabbit hole but one of the things that i've been reading about recently is about how uh, this upcoming generation is meeting people not only for friendships but relationships, all sorts of stuff. And the, mostly on Friendster. Yeah. Uh, Why are you mo- reading how to meet young people, Shay? I'm not. Can I get through one fucking thing without you guys making a sarcastic remark? That yeah. reminds me of the that stupid Rick and Morty joke. Did he just say he never forgets a kid? <laughs> Y'all got your dreams in. That's fair. It's the end of the year. All out. But uh, just reading about how, like, Gen Z and uh, I think the next generation, I can't remember. I think it's Gen Alpha or something like that, uh, are meeting people now. And basically most people either go to work or go to school and then they go home. And our generation was the last generation that had this, like, undisclosed third place, which was, like, free to us where we could just go and meet people like it was the, the mall down. public libraries so on and so forth the shadow and, realm the and th- those kind of places don't really exist anymore they, most of them have died out at this point sure. and so the only way people can meet other people is by paying money and so that's prostitution I think <laughs> no, not so, meet in the biblical sense Shut Wait, the Craig's, fuck up! Craigslist got rid finish. of that. For fuck's sake. And so, <laughs> my point being is with E3, even though you have to pay for that, it sucks that one of the few places where gaming enthusiasts and nerds can meet each other has now gone away. That does suck. Alright, yeah. I'm done. Are well, you guys... If, you guys if, if I could be... Good? If I could be serious with you there, Shay, I don't think that part is a shame because there's still plenty of that. You still have packs. You still have all these other things that do that better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the the business standpoint of it and like the pitch and like people getting involved in the industry directly part of it is more of a shame. But like to be honest with you, like packs did that better than E3 ever did because that was never the point of E3. It kind of got tacked on at the end. E3 was a trade show. Yeah, for pa- sure. Packs. PAX is a fan show first and foremost, and E3 first and foremost was an industry show until Reed Pop came in, and they were like, "Well, we need to fix this because it's," co-. and then it collapsed regardless of what Reed Pop did. No doubt. And, gra- and granted, no Reed Pop runs PAX and they do a good job of it. But that was always what PAX was designed for from the get, so it's different. You're you're trying. They were trying to bolt a fan event onto a trade show. Yeah, like the fans aren't being invited to dice anytime soon, nor should they be. Because look at them, they're goblins. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, no, when it comes down to it, E3 didn't know what it wanted to be in the end. It was trying... Also, let's be honest, the ESA is just flat out incompetent. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's... me now. There's some sad parts to it. There are some happy parts to it. Overall, it's just a weird announcement because, again, I thought it was announced last year for some reason that they were done, but... Well, didn't they cancel it last year, like, last minute? Like, they had, like, pitch decks and shit like that? You know, I had to go read the news about it. So it was canceled last year, 
And then last year they said this year, or no, sorry, earlier this year, they said this year's was canceled. And then uh, like a month later, they said next year's was canceled. And then last week it was announced it's permanently done. Yeah, at some point, people at the ESA are just like <coughs> drunk off toilet wine or something. And they're like just promising like, oh, next year will happen. Next year, blah, blah, blah. And then no. Up again, in butt hash. Yeah, the ESA is frankly incompetent. Read Pop couldn't compensate. And like you said, these companies like Nintendo really pioneered with it, with the Nintendo Direct. Everyone else is yeah. now trying to copy it. Like the Nintendo Direct is so wildly popular that it's like it's event viewing. It is like people yeah. tune in live on a fucking Even Tuesday being, morning. Like what? Yeah. yeah. Being and nowadays being live doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you don't have to. There's no such thing as appointment viewing anymore. Like you miss yeah. an episode of a show you watch, you watch it on streaming. Whereas people are like, like you said, 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, like fuck i need to watch it they're they're gonna talk about two new pokemon yeah. like yeah 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 they've it's... created their own critical mass and e3 is just like they're they became the appendix of now i am become death mm-hmm. they became the ruptured appendix of the gaming industry hot I, I think they've done a good job of towing the line of like hyping up their own events without being like sniffing their own farts like being up their own ass and sniffing their own farts kind of thing like they like they take it seriously enough to where they're like hey we have some exciting new news for you guys we're not going to take ourselves too seriously while we do this and we're not going to waste your time while we do it it's always generally like they're having fun unless like e3 conferences have just gotten more and more pause for applause like it's like 70% of the the things at this point whether or not there's applause because like oh everyone's going to be hyped we're we're giving them a crumb like look look how grateful the masses are that we're and it's it's just it's just felt more and more disgusting as it's gone on um, I, I would say like their events seemed like and this is just my personal opinion uh very try hard like very overly serious when yeah most of gaming is never really that serious no to the larger public it's not it 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 was i think that was a carryover from the fact that they used to be just presenting to other industry insiders who who were that into it you were you were pitching it to people who were you looking to get money from yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. you you had the facts you had the figures and you know what at first E3 first when it started being like public on the internet like I remember the uh, Jack Trenton days for Sony Jack Trenton mm-hmm. came off as like mildly angry all the time in a way that was comical or like you know E3 like I guess we're eulogizing it to some degree like Reggie fils came to prominence his body was E3. Reggie mm-hmm. his body yeah and he, and he what was it he's here to kick ass and play games or whatever yeah like, yeah the, you know what's uh, funny you say that, Ray? I think what we're going to see more of, um, and I have a good example of this actually from pretty recently, uh, you're going to start to see, because things like E3 are gone, more in the prominent circle of pitches that are not so much meant for the audience. Like, look at what Sega recently did. That teaser trailer they did where they're like, we're doing Shinobi, we're doing... Uh, 
Jet Set Radio, we're doing Crazy Taxi. And, the, didn't that they trailer. End the, didn't they end that with the Sega? Yeah, but here's the thing. You look at a trailer like that, my understanding is those projects are all very far out. A video like that exists for recruitment. A video like that exists oh, to yeah. be like, do you want to make the next Jet Set Radio? Because that's what we're doing. Oh, yeah. No, do you, do you want to work at Sega? Yeah. Like, and, and you know what? People joke that, you know, Sonic and stuff like that is all Sega is. But let's not forget, like, Sega owns They just remembered it's not. Sega owns Atlas. Sega owns RGG, the company makes the Like a Dragon series. Yeah, they own but quite I, a I, bit. To be fair, I think what Sega is doing now is a response to that. Sega is just Sonic idea because they're suddenly <laughs> being like, we own like a bunch of these major properties that people have a lot of love for that we haven't done anything interesting with in over a decade. I mean, I'll tell you right now, when it comes out in five years, I'll play the next Crazy Taxi. Yeah, I'll play the next Jet Set Radio. Hell yeah. I think that kind of circles back around to to what we were talking about earlier with uh, single player experiences being more desired, you know, as the pay to play model is starting to get old. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I well, the, the pay to play model, I don't necessarily think it's going to go anywhere, but I think like uh, developers are going to have to accept that, like, all right, each like major studio can maybe have one of these because there's only so many players to go around. Yeah. Well, this is this is what happens all the time. Anytime a new model or genre is discovered, yeah. it's a gold it's a gold rush. Yeah. For a while. Then, yeah, yeah. And then everything settles out. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Everything's open world. Everything's a cover. And then shooter. it becomes here are the mainstays and here's eventually people are gonna tire of it and there's gotta be something else to fill that new and exciting void. Like, you know, Fortnite is not going anywhere. You can Especially be after the shit they've done recently. But you know what? But because they've gotten that cachet already, they get to do that. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people, you know, for me, for instance, I, I don't play Fortnite, but just for me, I joke. I'm like, oh, I could be Goku with an AK-47. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's beautiful, really. <laughs> it it works in so many about. different formats, too. Like, uh, so th- this is kind of, I guess, a window into something I'll talk about a little bit later. But recently I've been playing Fall Guys a lot. I never really got into it until a few months ago. And just the amount of costumes that they integrate into their game weekly is pretty much the Fortnite model in Mm -hmm. Fall Guys, where like each week they have different costumes. So right now one of the things that they have is like SpongeBob costumes, but it's not typical SpongeBob. It's like uh, Caveman SpongeBob, Handsome Squidward, and uh, the memes. Yeah, there's one yeah. other one. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I really want a handsome Squidward costume. Yeah, that's and it's hilarious. like six dollars. And I'm yeah. like, six dollars isn't that much. <laughs> and then I'm like, that's how it works, you know? Yeah, yeah that's I, I mean, it's funny you say that, Shay, because I told you guys uh, privately, obviously, when they put all the like, you know, the Psionics Rocket League game and the Harmonics Rock Band game into it, I kind of got back into Fortnite. And I've been playing a bunch of it. And the other day they put out a TMNT collab. And I bought it immediately. <laughs> yep. TMNT, yep. I just got to say as an aside, has been very prolific in terms of collaborating between like Mortal Kombat, you know, yeah. fucking Fortnite. Like, aren't they? They're also in a Call of Duty Warzone. I believe so. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, they're, they're getting their money. And also the uh, I think there's a new uh, tabletop RPG coming out for like created by the original creators of okay. the Ninja Turtles. That's neat. 
So they're oh, they're I they're, they're getting back out there. They're getting out there. Yeah, well, last night sh- I stayed up late being Donatello with an AK-47. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> did, Donatello created a concoction, and he was like, I need to buy very popular American rifles and go on a rampage. Mm. Uh, so to not be too redundant, um, this I think this one will be pretty simple. What was your favorite game that you played this year? Doesn't mean that it came out this year, but the game you had the most fun with this year. Um, Josh, I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, you, you were pretty quiet in that last segment, so I'd like to get you yeah. talking again. What was your favorite gaming uh, or, or game that you enjoyed this year? Um, I don't know. I played a bunch of good games <laughs> I enjoyed. Um. I mean, just sheer time-wise, it's got to be Final Fantasy XIV, because I'm I'm sure I put another thousand hours on that this year. Um, Not a kid. So, so just just time-wise, it's got to be that, and it's always enjoyable, you know, just be in that world more. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, probably. I don't I don't know. That definitely ate the most of my time. I don't know if, like, enjoyment per hour, there's probably something that came out this year that I would have edged it out if we're just talking, you know, a single point. Like, this is the most fun I had while playing this thing. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, hmm. That's fair. We can stick with that yeah. for now. If you think yeah. of something a little bit later, you can mention it a little bit later. Yeah. Rich, I'm pretty. I'm 99.9% sure I know yours, but you know, I still you want do. to give you the floor. Yeah, no, it's Baldur's Gate three by like a country mile. That game, I put in. Uh, I didn't play a ton of games this year, but I put close to 200 hours into that. Like it was the thing I was playing here and there when I had time. Uh, I had multiple friend groups I was doing co-op runs of it with. Like I've seen that game through to the end three times. Um. And I'm still playing it because there's still new stuff to find. Hmm. Uh, it like it's the closest like one to one approximation of Dungeons and Dragons into a video game we've ever seen. I cannot wait to see what Larian does next. Like it's just <clears throat> from writing to world building to just everything about that game it hits. It's it's so good. So I love that. Oh yeah. Right. Um, it's actually a game I'm playing right now. It's a game that did come out this year. It came out in April. It's Stop actually... playing the game and record the show with us, Ray. That's why yeah, you've been I'm so sorry. distracted this whole time. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, what are you, me? I was no, going to... Disrespect. I've been talking at all. Joke. Yeah. Um, it's a DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Future Redeemed. Okay. It came out in April this year. Um... It's like it doesn't star them, but it has spoilers. But this is end of year talk, so it's usually spoilers in podcasts are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to use both Shulk and Rex from Xenoblade Chronicles One and Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Huh. And Rex has gone through the most zaddy glow up I've ever seen in video games. Like literally, look up the visual differences and you're gonna be like good goddamn um it is a prequel to the game proper it is very much a distillation and it's i put like 200 hours into that game and in about 20 hours including pause time i'm about 
probably halfway through the game so it's clearly just like a smaller version it's almost like the miles morales to Mm -hmm. the marvel spider-man and as a result it creates a very tight experience that presents more of the same but that same is fucking awesome um monolith soft you know the original creators behind xeno gears xeno saga xeno if it has xeno as a prefix it's them xenomorph they Yes, true. Them t- mm-hmm. Fuck, fuck Ridley Scott. Um, <laughs> no, the, these pe- these people got it. No, it's. I can't wait to see where this series goes next because Xenoblade Chronicles Three was very much a uh, cap off to one, two, and three. Mm. So wherever they go from here, it's almost like Trails into Reverie, which I again I thought that was a lock for my game of the year. This is. This is nuts. It's it's so much fun. It's a great action RPG. It's smart writing, sm- great voice acting. Can't complain about it whatsoever. Okay. I like that. Cool. Short and succinct. Um I <laughs> I want to say Shining Force cuz I've played that game like 6 times in the past. Never heard of that. Have you played that before? No. <laughs> Uh, in the last month and a half, just because I was doing some fun shit with it, which I've talked about in previous episodes. But actually, um, you know, take it seriously. Probably, I would have to say, um, this one's very personal to me. Small Saga was probably <clears throat> the game, the game I most enjoyed this year, and it's a game that came out this year. It's a, the game that I talked about. Recently that I backed on Kickstarter, I've been really looking forward to that game um, for years now, and it finally dropped, and it was just a satisfying game. It was a game that I had been really looking forward to playing all year, been patiently waiting, and um, it scratched an itch that I forgot I had, if that makes sense, where I, like, I haven't played many single-player turn-based RPGs recently. And after playing that, I was like, shit, I forgot how much I love these games and why I love them so much. And um, I I remember, you know, when I finally got it downloaded and I played it that first day, and then I had to go to work the next day, the only thing I could think about at work, um, besides doing my job, obviously, was I can't wait to get home to play this game. I can't wait to get home to play. That's this a game. rare feeling these days. So it is. It really is. So um, that game was definitely the game I had the most fun with this year. Uh, close backup is uh, Grounded. Uh, some friends and I, okay. I talked about that earlier this year. Some friends and I played the shit out of that game this year. That was a fucking fun game. I did not expect to like that game as much as I did. So uh, that's a that's a just a cheeky little runner-up but small saga is definitely the game i enjoyed the most this year even if it was a short burn of a game it burned so brightly for me yeah nice to hear i I love to get around to that at some point probably worth noting if you're you're noting that sort of backup thing and josh will enjoy hearing this i'm still on occasion playing a bunch of deep rock galactic with people oh yeah they just keep adding content to that game it's such, such a solid like... game. Like nuts, nuts that that game is 
the that the, the new weapons they've added since are absolutely ridiculous. The driller just has what is called the corrosive sludge pump, which does exactly what it sounds like. And the Gillette wave cooker is the new driller secondary, which is literally in its description. It sounds like they're just like, we strapped a microwave to a pistol. <laughs> That's a fantastic add-on. Yeah. But you know, it's what we brought up earlier, like games being supported. Like Deep Rock, yeah. Deep Rock Galactic is definitely getting that love from the devs. Absolutely, and they're working on a uh, a new game set within the Deep Rock universe that is a roguelite take on Deep Rock Galactic called Rogue Core. Oh, See, so it's gonna be like great. a is like this gonna be like the, a Steam World thing where like we're gonna it, make different it, it games. It seems that genres? way. Yeah, Josh, I was gonna message you about this because it's hitting early access early next year, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. the The concept of this one is. It also takes place on uh, Heroxis, the universe, the the same planetary void the Deep Rock Galactic Dwarves are working out of. Yeah. Except you're playing as an uh, elite deep dive team whose mission is to reclaim mines that have become too dangerous for other mining teams to operate in. Okay, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. Let me know if you ever have a, an invite that you can extend my way, Rich. Well, if you had a PC that worked properly, that's then, fair. Then you'd that's be fair. there. That's, that's that's really fair. the only thing that's stopping it. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I was just being a dick anyways. No, no, I picked up on that. <laughs> it, it came across. My face? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since nobody answered my question in the written chat, I'm going to proceed. As if I never asked it. Oh, I didn't see it, so, you know, that probably would do it. Yeah. Okay. Do we need to take a quick break, or are you guys good? Um, I, I could stand to step away for a second. Yeah, same. I will actually Is edit ter- the five-minute break, break out, because that's, that's a little too, too much. <laughs> you could throw one of our old-ass commercials in there. Probably the Christmas yeah. one, actually. Just as a throwback. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a that cool. would be great. Yeah. Yeah, we've not heard. We that worked in a while. really hard on that. <laughs> that was really good. I'm not even in that one. It's a great ad. Mm-hmm. It is a great ad. That's why it's the best one. All right, we'll be right back. We're gonna take a quick break. Freaking <laughs> break. X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. New magic store.sawjump.com. Huh? You there, boy! What news? News, sir! New graphic designs over at store.swordchomp.com! New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com. That's right, sir! My god! You can get all the designs you want on t shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases! They've done it. Those Swordchomp boys have brought Christmas early. Oi, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now! God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone!
Yeah. Well, howdy do. We're right back here with the Chomcast, and we're going to be talking about cowboy games. What the fuck was I that? I don't think we are. Huh. Why not? We never talk about cowboy games anymore. I don't think there's that many. There's, there's like Red there's Dead Redemption. The, what? Called the Juarez. There's shoot, spitting in a spittoon from from distance. Okay. There's there's the there's the, the game the where you shoot the cowboy's hat off and warrior game. There's poker. Right. Uh, Tapper. Tapper for the arcades. Tapper's guy like Tapper a lot. I don't think cowboys played any of these games. That's there's a Ninja Gaiden. So okay, those are yeah, those are Eastern cowboys. But yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can we talk about them, or do we just maximize the potential of it? I think I pretty much, that's it. That's really all I have to say. Okay. Me I too. think I think we hit everything. Okay. All right, so <laughs> I guess you. that'll wrap it up. Yep, I think we're done. Uh, thanks for uh, bearing with us. No, um, no I just gun. have a few more qu- Was Gun a cowboy game? <laughs> I don't even remember that game. It was one of those straddling the line when the Xbox 360 first came out. It was like you can get like the last gen and then you get an HD one. Right. Sure, sure. Right, right, right. Okay. So I only have just a few more questions and then we'll kind of do a quick catch up and then head off into the sunset for the year. Um, what was your. And again, it doesn't have to be from this year, um, just a game that you played this year. What was your favorite character from a game that you played this year? Rich. Oh, god damn it. Um, I don't know that character. That's not... Was, uh, why are you doing that for? There are some great ones um, this year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, for me, I the game I played a lot of this year that I'm going to keep coming <laughs> back to is uh, Baldur's Gate. Um, and I think, uh, Karlak, who is the, uh, the barbarian of the party in that game, this tiefling barbarian, I just find her to be a ridiculously interesting character, like, without getting too far into, well, actually, you know, it's game of the year, so maybe I'll spoil it a little bit, I don't give a shit. Um, when you first meet Karlak, like, your whole, your whole crux with her is there is another character, uh, Will, the warlock of the party, hunting her. You can very quickly turn it around so you get both of them on your team, but she is sort of this, like, rough-and-tumble, like, super-fucking-muscular tiefling barbarian lady, and if you if you play her story correctly, I the ending I got the first time I played the game was literally me and Karlak in Avernus, the, the D&D equivalent of hell, smoking cigars, killing hordes of demons. Like, that game goes places and gets has some weird endings if you want to let it. Hmm. I do need to ask, Rich, is one of your characters actually named Will the Warlock? Yes. That's like <laughs> D&D cartoon from the 80s quality yes. naming. He is, his, he is Will spelled W-Y-L-L. Yeah. No notes. Amazing. The Blade of Frontiers, Will, is a warlock. Mm. My uh, actually will as a character in that game, just to talk about like cool characters in that game briefly, um, has resulted in one of my favorite Reddit memes about that game, because his entire character arc is about him being a warlock stuck in this packed boon he doesn't want to be in. But obviously you can change character classes in D in that game freely because it's very D&D like 
Uh, and you do so at camp by paying to change your class with a character named Withers. So people made a meme constantly and they're like, why doesn't Will just pay pay Withers 100 gold to get out of his pact? Is he stupid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Like, knowing D&D as long as I have, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that game is just rife with amazing, fun, weird characters, but but Carlac is definitely up there for me. Dope. Yeah. All right. Ray? Um, my character, my favorite character this year is an oldie but a goodie. Yet, he doesn't have a name. His name is Joryu. From Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name. You're talking about the man who erased his name? I am talking about the man who erased his name. He is a man who is looking very strikingly similar to, but legally distinct from, Kazuma Kiryu. He couldn't be Kazuma Kiryu. Kazuma Kiryu died. Of course, at the end of the events of Yakuza 6. However, spoiler alert, he lives. Spoiler alert for Yakuza 6 that came out a long time ago. Yeah, anywhere he's wearing a pair of glasses, you couldn't possibly recognize (laughs) Kazuma Kiryu. He's wearing glasses. Um... Follow Superman rules. Yeah, he he does. He would be the same person. I'm Superman. (laughs) As I take my glasses (laughs) off. Um, No, uh, Kazuma Kiryu slash Joryu, as he's known in Like a Dragon Guy Dead, except for every single time he has a text box, it actually just says Kiryu as the name. (laughs) Like, they're not pretend... There's no sense of internal consistency there um it's amazing he is one of the most complex characters i feel like in video games and they've explored it now over a long time since the ps2 it's been the same voice actor you know if you discount the english voice actors what we got on the ps2 slash mm-hmm. on modern um, consoles yakuza like a dragon so like a dragon like a dragon um, English patch for the man who raised his name also just came out. Okay. Oh, it did uh, I will never play that because I played the Last shit week, out of. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I played the shit out of, like a dragon guy. Then, um, he is a complex character and, just, again, spoilers. Full spoilers. End of the game, when he finds out the fate of his life. He starts sobbing like a baby. Like, he sees the result of what started in Yakuza 3. Like, you see the orphans that you... He loves those orphans, Yakuza. man. God damn it, he does. Um, no, so when he sees what his fate is going to be in terms of being able to see them, it's amazing. I it's like a that. fully it's a fully emotional scene and it, you know what it's acted in anything i've seen that is just as good in live action media and they go it's a really emotional scene also earlier in that game uh he fights a man dressed as a clown in an octagon on a battleship <laughs> i beat the shit out of that clown also me I beat too the man, man i beat the man dressed up as a robot who then had the clown guy as backup yes yes <laughs> Also amazing. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, the RGG games, like the Lego Dragon series, we had two entries this year alone in America with Lego Dragon Ishin as well as Lego Dragon Gaiden. And then we're getting Lego Dragon Infinite Wealth next year in fucking January. Yeah, we're less than a month away from it. It stuffs Animal Crossing into the game, whereas Lego Dragon Ishin stuffs Stardew Valley into it. Like, no, the guy who plays Kazuma Kiryu, because also, again, the voice acting is so, like, I don't speak Japanese, but his, the way he emotes and stuff, it is, it's cross-cultural. You don't need to actually understand the language, so as you can read the subtitles and hear the emotion in his voice, it, it kills. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. I like it. Very different choices. The one and only Josh, what was your choice? Ooh, um there were so many good ones this year. Yeah. It's hard to choose. There are a lot. I have a big extensive list. It's hard to narrow it down, but I'm gonna have to choose. I'll set you I'll set you up, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 it saves saves time that way. Um <laughs> I think it's Odile from In Stars in Time. I think there are a bunch of, like, all the characters in that game are great. It's, like, some of the best writing this year um, mm. is from that game. Um, yeah, yeah, she's kind of like the mom of the party. The, like the, the, the much older person in the group who's, you know, keeping you all from dying um which is it's a fun dynamic that and, and she's she's too old for this shit and it's yeah of course she is yeah it's just great um yeah there's some excellent character writing this year especially in the indie scene um mm. that game was great there's great writing in uh Sea of Stars as well. I loved a lot of the characters in that game as well. Um, the character writing in um, Cobalt Core, just a you know roguelike card game. That's great writing too. Um, yeah, I've I, we've been spoiled for uh, for writing in this this year. I think um, if you know where to look. Um, some of some of the larger games have been kind of also there, but not you know they're they're really not competing with the indie space as far as good writing uh, this year uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, like especially like Rich has been talking about how great Baldur's Gate is as well, and that's kind of straddling the line. But yeah, it's it's. Um. Yeah, yeah. I've absolutely loved some of the writing this year. Venba is is great. The game and the character in the game. Um, it's a really neat. Yeah, bunch of good stuff. But it's it's Odeal is I think my favorite character this year. Um, nice. Just her. I like her. Her energy is just, it's just, it speaks to me that 
Mm. Yeah, I like that. Like, there haven't been many opportunities to kind of talk about some of the indie games you've played this year, so this is a perfect time to be able to mention one of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. great, great. Um, bunch of good time loop games this year as well. Um, it keep, seems to keep coming up, but anyway. Interesting. Okay. Uh, mine is comes from Small Saga. You know, I don't have um that many games to talk about, unfortunately. So my favorite game or game character this year was Gwen from Small Saga. Um, she is a rat whose hind legs have been removed in um a former lab experiment because she's a former lab rat and she's a fucking badass. Um, she wields a scalpel as her weapon of choice and oh, yeah. she is brutal as fuck, but she also has a very hard time trusting people, obviously because she was a former lab rat and she's very angsty because her character basically fled the lab um so she would no longer be tested upon which um her boyfriend Bruce which is a test rabbit said our purpose is to serve the humans and she didn't agree with that so she left and she was seen as a heretic and so you kind of see her story unfold and you see her character develop in the short time that the game happens and her arc is one of the most interesting ones it's the one that stuck with me the most she has a ton of development she comes off as a hard ass at the beginning and where her character goes is very fascinating and how she interacts with the other characters is fantastic as well um i josh i honestly think if you played that game this year that she would that character would have been in your mentions as yeah one of yeah the i think so I've already got you that just installed. Sold, you, I've just been You just sold me on the game. Trying to catch up on everything this year and I'm in the middle of like three so RPGs much. trying to catch up. Right I totally now. get it. Yeah. I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But I like I think she would have really resonated that character would have resonated with you specifically. And actually, um <clears throat> my predictions for when each of you get to the game, mm-hmm. I think oh, huh. when will resonate with you most josh uh remember bruce the bard rich i think that one will resonate with you most Mm -hmm. and if i had to guess ray i'd say either bruce or verm verm is the main character i think one of those two would resonate with you the most that just sounds like deep writing and i just appreciate that on a general level it's it's really good writing for how short the game is and Hmm. the characters are well fleshed out so yeah, overall, um, great game. But yeah, that's my favorite character from this year. Um, cool. What This is the last question I think I want to ask. Um, obviously, we, had, we used to have a shit ton of categories in the past. Um, and, you know, with us not having played that many video games, it's hard to talk about some of those categories, unfortunately. But I think this one is a good way to cap off um just kind of reflecting on this year what Mm -hmm. has been your favorite video game trend of 2023 this is a question we've never actually had before 
and I, I, I'm surprised we had never had it before, but I was kind of thinking about it earlier when we were discussing our favorite moments for this year, our saddest moments of this year, and I was like, we never really talked about trends. Um, so I'm going to throw it to you first, Ray. Um, it'll go to Josh, it'll go to Rich, and then I'll, I'll close out the question. What has been your favorite trend, video game trend of 2023? Uh, my favorite trend, this is an easy answer for me because I think about this a lot, is the um, expansion of emulation. Um, there's a lot of portable emulation options coming out. As a matter of fact, the Retroid Pocket with Retroid Pocket 4 slash Pro was just announced. <gasps> mm. um, a v- YouTube channel that I follow um, Retroid... Uh, not retro, uh, retro core, retro game core. They uh, just reviewed a new uh, portable computer from INEO called the AM01. Um, we're starting to see things now that are under $200 that can emulate up to PS2, which has been long seen as sort of the, uh, not the grail of emulation, but like where affordable emulation is we're starting to see like now we're getting that sub $200 option where for preservation purposes like the PS2 back that's a huge backlog of video games and we saw a great refresh like I have a Steam Deck I love my Steam Deck I just did a whole bunch of shit with my Steam Deck the other day to sort of refresh its uh, utilities and capabilities and stuff like that we got a new version of the Steam Deck that is actually much better in terms of battery life like we are seeing devices come out that are easily affordable where people can play the games of yesteryear. Mm. And like I was toying around, like I was comparing with my Retroid Pocket 3 Pro, Retroid Pocket 3 Plus rather, with a Breath of Fire 4 on the PS1. I was comparing that to the performance with my Steam Deck and the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus would struggle in some places where it's trying to render 3D graphics. And the Steam Deck was able to just brute force it. It ran great, you know, and you're able to upscale things like emulators are getting great. Like, you know, I'm running PS1 games at four times resolution, five times resolution. They just look so sharp, so good. And it's just more affordable than ever. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. just we're we're seeing a golden age in. um, Access to older titles that the companies aren't making available to us. You know, I'm more than willing to pay for old games. Let me pay for them. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Em- emulation is such a good... I know it gets a bad rap with some people for, you know, stealing games and whatnot, but also it is so important for preservation of games, which is something we talked about a few years back. Emulation, to yeah. me, is essential. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? So, something like the Steam Deck is really leading the way. Like, it's Linux. Like, you could do whatever with that. It's running that Proton layer mm-hmm. that mimics Windows while it's running Steam games. But you know what? When you're running Duck Station, it's a Linux device. Right. You <laughs> know, so, so as you have the BIOS access, so as you have the ROM access, you're running anything, and you're running it so much better, and you're attaching it to um, retro achievements and stuff like that, it's attaching a whole new life to these sorts of games. Mm. That's awesome, yeah. I love that. That's a great one. 
great trend to mention. Uh, Josh, what what was your favorite gaming trend of 2023? I guess it's it's more of a continuing trend that I've seen That's in the okay. last couple years, but a, a lot of them have kind of come out this year. Um, is the the retro horror game revival that seems to be kind of in full swing um, mm. currently with a lot of games going back to PS1, PS2 style graphics to really get across this unknowable feeling to their worlds that has really been lost um, as graphics get more and more realistic. Like, oh, that's obviously this thing I can immediately place from the real world. It's not... This was a limitation at the time. It's like, we, just, we, we can barely render this thing anyway. That's why all the games were foggy. We had, you know, tiny little rendering distances that we had to hide somehow. Um, yeah, a lot of things were obfuscated by just limitations of yeah. of the heart and the software. And, but I think that did an awful lot for them, um, just thematically. And seeing people go back to that well and make games that, like, obviously they're doing stuff that you couldn't at the time, but they're still using that same aesthetic in order to put you in the same headspace. Uh, of just not being able to like what am I looking at which like that sounds like a downside but a lot of times that's what's scary about it you can't you can't even tell what's coming at you sometimes um well look I at Silent Hill Silent Hill they made the fog a feature yeah yeah I think it's re- like it's a really important point that you're making Josh and I think it's important to note that if they were to do that kind of style where they don't allow you to see or they make things really difficult to see with as realistic as gaming is right now, that could be too terrifying to the general population, right? That could be too abrupt, too difficult to handle. Whereas if they use these quote unquote, I know it's not exclusively this, but like these demastered quote unquote style or versions of games mm-hmm. um, in the horror genre, it's still terrifying, but there's a level of surrealism and fictional um, or fantasy aspect to it. Because it's like, okay, I know this isn't real because it doesn't look like my reality. Therefore, I'm going to be scared, but I'm not going to be that scared. Well, Whereas, well, like, Lethal Company is a year? good example of it. There was a there was a title last year that everyone loved in the games media. It was like PS One style graphics survival horror. I mean, there there have been uh, quite a few recently, but yeah, there was a big Signalis one. It was like on was Game Pass last year. That's, that's what that's I was thinking a, of. Signalis. What was it? Really good game. Oh, Signalis. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I mean, recently that game Lethal Company, which is like a co op sort of survival horror thing that is very ps1 looking graphics also shout out to that game for having the greatest arachnophobia mode i've ever seen uh it replaces all the spiders with a jpeg of the word spiders that's awesome that's pretty good 
as someone who has had arachnophobia in the past, I've since gotten over it. I once put a hole through my wall because I had um, a night terror where I oh. woke up and with night terrors, you still think what is you dreamt about is real. I thought there was like a like three foot diameter spider on my wall. So I punched a hole through my wall. This is when I was a teenager. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And now that hole is used as a glory hole. For spiders. Not by me. Not by me, because I don't need three feet of width. Mm. <laughs> yeah, here, if you guys look in the chat here, just so you can see an example, this is the greatest use of an arachnophobia mode ever. Yeah, it's excellent. I love that. <laughs> That's actually very considerate of them, just because they don't want to portray it in any sort of way. Like, it's yeah. like in some way I could see it as see it, I could see it as condescending. In some ways I see it as very considerate. <laughs> but it's yeah. also like if we're gonna I mean, do this, some people might it's... need it. Yeah. It's hilarious. Well, yeah, that and frankly, I think Lethal Company is more a comedy game than a horror game. Just given... yeah, it's it's comedy horror. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it it works even better in that situation. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I I think that's a really cool mention josh i really like that a lot um rich what's yours hello um i i think uh and nudging to how much time i spent playing quote unquote the big one of those this year i am sort of liking this i don't even know if i want to say it's a revived interest or widened interest in the crpg genre like mm. the old Bioware dive, like the treatment Baldur's Gate was given that Warhammer game Rogue Trader, which is like the first proper Warhammer CRPG is doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. It's cool to see a, a, a sort of subgenre almost that was like. It had its fans, but I, I would never say it was like mainstream levels of popular. Um, like Bioware moving into things like Mass Effect is sort of the like the, Mass Effect is phenomenal, but it, it is like a bog down of what old Bioware CBRGs were in terms of like minutia and like complexity. And to see one that is as complex as Baldur's Gate get the attention it's getting and see people talking big on that Warhammer game, like yeah. I think we're going to see more attention into bigger focused genres like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Skype crashes and comes right back. Love that for it. God, I hope this thing's still recording right with as much as Skype has been screwing up. <sighs> Everybody's safely back to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might. This might be the case where that actually is true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, just, I mean, as far as, as gaming trends go, I think that is a, a cool thing to see, and I'm excited to see a- any repercussions that might have down the line. Hmm. Yeah, I like. I think that's a great mention, and I think it's a very apt and timely mention. Uh, I I kind of mentioned one that I, earlier with uh you know story driven single player games. So I'm gonna cheat in a way, even though I mentioned that earlier for something different. Um, I'm gonna mention that I think my favorite trend this year has been like. It's not a new one at all. Just continual support of games where you don't have to pay anything to get that continued support of a game. And I think, obviously, yeah. we can look at No Man's Sky as kind of the trendsetter. That and uh, Terraria 
or oh, uh, yeah. even Minecraft. You know, some Deep of those games are, um, the trendsetters of that style. But like a lot of the games that I played this year have had continued support. Grounded did yeah. uh, Fall Guys the game I most recently have been playing. Constantly is getting support. Um, God of War Ragnarok just had that roguelite just drop for free, which I still need to play. Me too. Um, I hear it's phenomenal. You know, even one one game that I've recently been playing is uh, Cyberpunk. I've been wanting to play through it again because I plan on playing through the DLC here very that soon. That finally hit 1.0. Yeah, here. Good news. <laughs> you know, it hit 2.0, and I, obviously it's a game mainly uh created for computers but i still have my fair share of funny issues it's no longer game breaking it's just funny at this point yeah. but the issues are funny but um that's fine. just a continued support uh, of games um where they don't expect you to pay for it obviously it's more than just like fixing issues and stuff like that it's adding content into the game for free yeah um to keep players in you know, um, I think I think that is a obviously it's not a necessary thing because a lot of companies could charge money for that at this point, and it wouldn't be completely wrong of them. I, I think you know if you're adding new content to a game and it's substantial, I think there's a case that can be made that you could charge a little bit of money for it. I'm very very happy that a lot of gaming models and gaming companies uh studios and whatnot are being selective about mm -hmm. what they charge and what they don't charge for as content um obviously it's not a blanketed statement but i i've just been impressed with uh a lot of the games that i played this year have gotten continued support it's been free i've been able to yeah. enter these games and enjoy them and then I get additional content out of them and have fun with them. So I've been pretty, pretty pleased with uh, that aspect of gaming this year. You know, there are a lot of predatory things. There are a lot of nasty things about gaming nowadays. That is not one of them. Yeah. Predatory. But yeah, no, that is good. That is good. I think that's a, a net positive. I think so, too. And that's pretty much going to do it for like our roundup of 2023. Um, I wanted to give us like a quick 10 minute section at the back end of the show to kind of talk about any gaming things that we want to mention since presumably we're going to be off for the next month or whatever. But um, any gaming bits that you want to get out. So, for example, like uh, I played Fall Guys at a Halloween party earlier this year. I had never played it before, and I was like, oh, that was pretty fun. And then I just thought about it, thought about it, and thought about it for a month and a half. And I was like, I wonder if I'm going to ever play that game again. And then I was like, I need something with to play with my friends back home. So I just downloaded yep. it. It was free. And my friends and I will hop on it sometimes and play it. And sometimes I'll just play it as like a turn brain off game. Yeah, yeah it's a cool one for that. It's really, really easy to do that with. But sometimes I feel myself getting too angry because I want to get first place. And I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. my brain is not doing the turn off thing, so I'm going to turn the game off. Yep. It's been fun. Um, that, that has been kind of my, my newest gaming 
delving, so to speak, besides uh, going through Cyberpunk 2077 again, which uh, I've been just enjoying my time with that game again. Um, I think, you know, having three years removed since the initial debacle and everything, some of this, the, the storylines and the missions in that game are incredible and what they're trying to get you to think about. Um, this yeah. is a minor spoiler, granted it's three years old. But there's a mission in the game. I completely forgot about it. Um, basically where you are hired by a mayoral candidate to investigate um, some issues that are happening. And you go through this whole <coughs> sequence of events to basically learn that their security company has not only infiltrated their house um, unknowingly on multiple occasions, but has set up a room in their house and is basically controlling their minds because they are trying to create the perfect mayoral candidate for Night City. And they are working for somebody that you don't even know who they're working for. And the end of the mission is basically the wife saying she already knew about this, but she's been keeping it secret because she knows if her husband found out, he would go crazy trying to figure out who it is that has been doing this, and they would never find out. And so you have the choice to make of basically not telling him and letting him live a happy life, but a life that's a lie, or telling him the truth, thus uh, destroying his marriage. Um, he will still win, presumably, the mayor, mayoral candidacy because he is in the lead in the polls. But his life will be essentially destroyed as you will have uprooted everything he knows because he doesn't know what's truth and what's a lie. And he will just spend the rest of his life seeking answers. Yeah, that was one of and my favorite Frasier episodes. <laughs> yeah, the new season has been so great. Yeah. Toss salad and scrambled eggs, bitch. I'm going to toss salad and scrambled eggs at you. Yeah. I'm going to toss your salad and scramble your eggs. Huh? I didn't watch this episode of Frasier. No, but um, I think I, I love those kind of missions in that game where it's like there is no moral high ground to take because both choices have some really shitty aspects to it yeah. and some parts where you're like, well, morally, I could. I can make a point for this, or I can make a case for this. Mm-hmm. Um, that Cyberpunk game has some excel there. Yeah, that game has some storylines and missions that do that really well. Uh, obviously, it's not consistent across the board. Um, can't be a game strictly made up of that. Um, however, I do, I do like a lot of the missions in that game. I like uh, a lot of the choices that you get to make. You can bow out of doing a lot of things get as enveloped as you want so despite all the shortcomings which you know three years removed i see a lot of the criticism as somewhat valid um i still think it's a really fun game i've been having a ton of fun with it uh it certainly still has its issues um you you know one thing i ran into this playthrough that i didn't run into in the first playthrough is there's a game called uh roach race where it's like a it's like a arcade machine. You're mm-hmm. playing as Roach from Witcher. 
and Geralt has lost control of uh, Roach, and basically it's a 2D side-scrolling game where you're just trying to jump over shit. You can uh-huh. jump, double jump, or you can press it three times and gain a temporarily temporary two seconds of invulnerability, and you're trying to see how far you can get. And you can get through different levels. There are small pickups that increase your score. And the whole point of it is if you get the highest score in the game, you get certain items in Cyberpunk. And I never came across that game the first time I played. Probably wasn't in there. Is it like the dinosaur game when your internet goes out? That's what it sounded like to me, yeah. It's (laughs) kind of similar to that, yeah. It's kind of similar to that. That makes me... I love when they put like an old arcade style game style thing in a game like... uh, Josh, I don't remember if you were playing uh, Deep Rock Galactic at the time Jetty Boot was put into the mining rig. No. It's Flappy Bird. There's uh, an I, I, I assume that's what it sounded like. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, like, uh, anytime I think about what you're talking about, Rich, I always think about Eastward and Earthborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Eastward actually just had a huge update, I saw. I've never played that game yet. Yeah, they put Stardew Valley in it. Yes, I mean, yeah, well, no, that's just that's like like a dragon yeah, that's like January, I think. But oh yeah, whenever that does come out, but that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, the, it was like a quality of life thing. I anyway. think they fixed some more bugs and put in fast travel for like the couple places where you had to backtrack through the game. Yeah, sure. that's, that that's welcome. That's a welcome addition because there are certain parts where it's like that game's Why great. Is there fast travel in this area. No, that's a that's a game I plan on playing soon. Probably when they oh, do yeah. add the Stardew stuff because I've heard that's a totally separate instance thing. The Stardew thing. Oh really? Yeah, it's like it's it's an alternate universe and you yeah are kind of like you choose it from the menu separately. Oh okay. Oh oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Still worth your time to go play Eastward. Mm-hmm. But I mean, other than that, that's been my gaming adventures recently. So, um, Rich, I know you haven't had much time to game, and you pretty much talked about you've been delving into Baldur's Gate three more. Is there anything else? Uh, I mean, recently I told you guys I downloaded Fortnite to try those games they added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them I think are really well put together, but I've been playing a little bit of that here and there because you know a battle royale is fun. Um, to just sort of mold into, and I do think the the other stuff they added, uh, Psionics, uh, made a a rocket. I wouldn't call it a Rocket League like, but they, you know, Psionics are the developers of Rocket League. Um, they added a racing game to it called Rocket Racing, uh, which is just a really fun arcadey racer that's easy to jump into. Um, and uh, Harmonics added Fortnite Festival, which is literally Rock Band. Um crazy it kind of operates on that Fortnite model where it's like every day these songs are free you can also spend a little bit of money to keep a song that's in the current rotation permanently if it's a song that you like um you can't right now but i know their priority in 2024 is to add support for legacy rock band controllers um which that's Makes fucking sense. awesome like that seems like a good way to keep that model of a game like that going i haven't done much of the the lego Fortnite, which is their sort of minecraft like survival game but all this stuff just seems cool across the board. Like that's oh, it's it's weird to watch Epic stumble into like a, a metaverse after everyone else failed to try and create something like that. And they just kind of happened upon it. Um, kind of wild uh, what goes on over there. <laughs> I mean, they essentially have. 
we talked about this years ago. They essentially turn Fortnite into its own weird hybrid social media. Yeah, um, yeah, and even more so metaverse. now. I mean, now I that they, is a yeah, now that, that they have even more games that all kind of plug into that same loop because you're playing all those games. They're sharing assets in terms of like things you're plugging into them, and they're all giving you progress towards that battle pass. How will these plug into the Martin Luther King Museum? Uh, I'll let you know as soon as I find out. Um, weird thought I had the other night where I was like, you know, it would be a cool thing, especially because these games have like, um, and, and you know, someone at Epic somewhere is working in there. I'm like, they should add like a Monster Hunter like to this. Someone's coming up with that. I think I said it the other day, like what game is Fortnite not at this point? Yep. And the answer is Mon- Monster Hunter. And when it becomes it, they'll have me whole cloth. When I can, like, <laughs> uh, fight a dragon as Donatello, uh-huh. I'm all in. I like that. I like that. Uh, Ray, any uh, recent gaming adventures and mishaps and whatnot you want to briefly mention? I mean, my recent stuff has mostly been Game Pass and actually kind of plumbing that. I mean, you know what I got to say? One company has been doing it better than anyone else with Xbox lately. And oddly enough, it's a Japanese company. Sega has been killing it with Game Pass. You can play all the Yakuza games on Game Pass. Persona is up there. I Mm -hmm. tried Persona 5 Tactica. You could buy DLC for it without actually owning the game. So even if you pay money for the game and decide not, you know, you bounce off, you still didn't pay full price. Mm. But then I have to say, like, I'm looking forward to early next year because in, again, Sega, in late January, we get Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. In early February, like four days later, we get Persona 3 Reloaded. Mm-hmm. so sega is just killing it on that jrpg front and then also uh next year we finally get a game that i personally kickstarted ayudan chronicles the spiritual successor to swakoden yeah. yes you know konami decided not to make games anymore so they went off and did it on their own and i gotta say that two that hd 2d look looks amazing for that game sure so early next year, I'm really looking forward to, and I'm just hoping I can plow through all these fucking games that I'm currently playing because not, none of them are short. No. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, I'm as excited for Ayudin Chronicles as I am for any Swakoden game I've ever played, so I would just drop everything to play that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can sum up your whole experience in one simple motto. Sega do? What Nintendo don't. Fucking right. You know what? Be Nint- successful? <laughs> it's not like Nintendo's failing, but Sega, they just own so much, and I feel like we do. I feel like we forget so much of it. Yeah. They sure do love to buy. Not like Embracer. They do it responsibly. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That's dope, man. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're getting a lot of value out of Game Pass. Uh, like Rich, I was like, I'm not really using this right now. I need to cancel my my subscription. Yeah. I think it is a surface that is very much worth it if you're not 
targeting other things to specifically buy or if you're not playing anything very much exclusively like josh said he put like another thousand hours into ff14 ff14 i love i put tons of hours into that just right now i don't feel like paying month to month for a specific game Mm -hmm. instead paying that month to month for a whole library of games feels a lot more palatable oh for sure for sure yeah, it kind of kind of depends on your like your free time, your responsibility, your headspace, your wallet. Yeah. Yeah. For That's sure. Fair. Josh, what have you been getting into gaming wise? Um, I've mostly been trying to finish up games that I started throughout the year. Um, if it's anything that I actually wanted to finish, I, there have been plenty of games I dropped with just no intention of picking them back up this year just because A, I've been playing less this year but then B, I kind of made a conscious decision that I don't have to finish games this year. Like, if I'm not enjoying myself, Mm. I'm not going to force myself through it just because you know we have have a gaming podcast. I need to know if it turns itself around or something. I'm I'm more comfortable dropping it if it doesn't, like, just grab me um, from the beginning. Um which means I'm probably missing out on some stuff that would have turned around, but also there are so many games now. So what? I'm going to miss out on some games, period. There is no way around that fact. So I may as well not waste my time hoping something right. turns itself around. Um, right. But, I know you'd been mentioning recently you'd been playing a shit ton of Pikmin 4. Yeah, yeah. I went on a you made trip. your way back around to that one. Oh, yeah. I, I went back to it. I thought I was right at the end, and I was. I was, like, right at the end credits and, you know, the, the end of the game. And then I finished it and realized I was, like, a third of the way through the game because they have a whole other plot thread that they kind of touched on before um, mm. that turns into, oh, this is the main story now. You've got to go fix this other thing. Right. And then also, since you're there trying to save Olimar, you do, and then he comes back to camp with you, and he's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about my my experience. And you can talk to him, and it's just a complete remake, a little mini remake of Pikmin 1, just shoved in this game, that you can just play through the, uh, you know, you have 15 days to collect all 30 ship parts, kind of like in you know, Pikmin 1, or it's designed around, oh, you're going to fail this and have to restart it, sort of a a thing. that They just, just made a little mini remake of Pikmin 1, and it's just in Pikmin 4. Um, I love that. So, so it was almost like a Wada shoving Kanto into Pokemon Gold and Silver. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, exactly. <coughs> um, so yeah, I had a ton of fun going back through, you know, the it's Pikmin 1 by way of 4, because it's got obviously got you know all the new mechanics and and whatnot, but it's it's Pikmin one just right right in there, which is a ton of fun. So um, yeah, played a bunch of that. Great time. Um, finished up Spider Man two, which that's a good game. It's really good. The the gameplay is excellent. I you know I feel like the story is the weakest of the three. Um which is yeah no i i think i definitely agree with that i think it uh it has its high points for sure um i think there's definitely 
parts where maybe it feels like they were overstuffing it a little bit and not everything yeah. really gets the attention it deserves because of that. Yeah. Did you not get your 19 inches of Venom? I No, we got it. Yeah, like the Venom stuff's pretty good. Takes quite a while to get there. Yeah. And also, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's not bad. It's just the story is not the high point of this one. Um, whereas, yeah. I'm more hopeful to see what that third game is going to be. The way they they left it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think I think there's definitely some there's a lot of good there. setup in that that ending. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see where it goes from here. Um. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Wrap that up. Um. Should probably go back and finish Tears of the Kingdom at some point. Although. The story Same. is like the least interesting thing about that, so like whatever. Um That one's it's not like I dropped it because I wasn't having fun. I dropped it because I had already put like a hundred something hours in there and just almost none of it was the story. Um Sure. Right. So it built a Death Star, called it a day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um Yeah, so doing that, going back, playing a lot of the smaller indie games that I missed throughout the year. I'm still nowhere near catching up on those because so much came out. <sighs> like Shay and I both managed to miss Wargroove 2 coming out, which, like, the first yep. one's one of our favorite games. And Yep, yep. I, that's one of the things I'm going to be doing this uh, winter holidays, definitely sitting down and playing that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got to make time for that one. Um, should be fun. I've got plenty of strategy in my future with Wargroove 2 and then the the Advance Wars remasters finally came out. Yeah, it did. It was like end of March. Yeah. It was like April. Yeah. I yeah, played those either. Um, came out like two years after the fact or whatever. Yeah, yeah they just kind of snuck it out in April. They're like, well, the world's never not going to be at war at this point, so I guess we're just going to throw this out. And yeah, I appreciate the sentiment of yeah. not putting it out when they initially plan to but but also yeah, they, they decided nothing's getting better so we're yeah. releasing our gun game yeah exactly hooray yeah so there's i say this end of year every year that my backlog is not getting smaller but this year especially because we've i've been me specifically i've i've been intentionally taking it easier not forcing myself through oh no i think we all have yeah um there's there's an awful lot on my list that I was really excited for coming out and I just I haven't had the time for it yet so mm. yeah yeah it's it's a little bit of, of a different feel this year where it was like you know I'd like to get to those but if I don't I'm not going to lose any sleep over it yeah yeah there's I don't feel like I have to be in the zeitgeist as much anymore yeah yeah there's plenty of stuff that I would have played before that I'm just fine to have missed. Like, I, I don't yeah. need to waste any time going back to find out exactly how far Bethesda has fallen. Uh, just, just doesn't need to yeah, happen. Yeah, no, that was, uh, um, like, um, that was the one for me where I'm like, I, I think I really need to make myself, like, I was already being choosy about what I was going to play, but, like, I'm like, I shouldn't have fucking bought this. <laughs> yeah. So. You let the intrusive Wait, are, thoughts are, win. Uh -huh. Are you talking Not about anymore. Starfield again? Yeah, yeah, yeah Starfield. That game sucks. 
Yeah, but but the, but also on top of that, there have been a, quite a few things that I do want to get. It's insane to me that I didn't play a new Final Fantasy game at release. Like that just doesn't happen. Yeah, and it happened this year. I'm just like, ah, wow. I'm kind of busy. Maybe I'll I'll get back around to the new, you know, numbered entry in a Final Fantasy, right? Series, like, maybe. That's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah, it's alright. Mm. The main yeah. character, voiced by Ben Starr, mm-hmm. definitely the star steals the show. Like Clive as a character, like just it's a good game it's a well-produced game is it clear that you know when that story where they're like oh we made the entire crew watch game of thrones yes that's obvious yeah that just doesn't bode all that well for me but i i understand i'm not most people at that point but i just yeah no i'm in the same boat actually so to me yeah, it's I'm sort of a turn off i'm like, not the uh, biggest throne head is that what you guys call yourselves mm-hmm Probably. No, they're called other. What's they're up, called, fellow Throneheads? They're called Martin Marks. Oh, okay. We're uh, so, we're big cool Sean. We're, we're big Sean Bean fans. We're Bean Flickers. Yeah. There we go. Because we, no, no. we love we love flicks with Sean Bean in them. <laughs> oh my god! If that was a improv joke. That was a damn good one. Yeah, it was. It was. That was, that, good. Was good. that was good. Proud of you. Yep. Yep. Uh, and on that note, let's get to some like uh, very very back end of the show stuff. Before we head out, uh, a few quick announcements going forward into next year. Um, you know, we said that we would talk about this format this year and see if we liked it and if it would be the mainstay going forward. Um, you know, I've kind of talked with these guys a little bit privately here and there. Um, I'm making the executive decision. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that we're probably going to continue doing this for the foreseeable future just as um, due to the fact that basically my my current dealings in both my professional life and personal life aren't currently affording me the time to be as current on video games as I would like to to devote a weekly amount of time to a podcast like this. I know Rich is in the same boat. I know Josh is somewhat in the same boat. Ray goes off and on being in that boat just due to the kind of volatile nature of employment for him, and that's not meant in a derogatory way at all. It's just... Um, that's how it be that's in the propane together. business. Propane and propane accessories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's right. No, it's just like... Uh, just where kind of where we're at right now, I don't think a weekly podcast is something that any one of us can devote um, the time and attention to like we used to, unfortunately. Um, so for the foreseeable future, we're going to be doing this format going forward. I think um, in a lot of ways it benefited us. Uh, I know it relieved a ton of stress that I felt in the last few years. Um, I know we've talked about that. I don't want to beat it to death and reiterate that. Just simply saying that I think this format serves us well, um, just where we're at in our lives. And it it could always change. We could go back to doing every week again someday. I don't know if that will ever happen. I'm not saying it will. I'm not trying to promise anything like that. I'm just saying who knows what the future holds. Just right now I know that none of us 
can devote the time and attention towards that. Rich, I will read that comic later. Um, <laughs> this is the one part where I want to be serious and focused. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, but then yeah, let's have our guffaws after. Um, From here on out, sec- we will be called the Bean Flickers. The Bean Flickers. <laughs> Second, uh, want to say thank you to the past and present patrons of this year i know we haven't had that much to show for it um basically you're just supporting this show so it can still keep going so uh big thank you to bernadette clark uh sandwich and james for continuing to support our patron at any tier um if you're interested at that at all you can head over to swordchomp.com uh follow the link to the patreon or go to patreon.com slash swordchomp uh, check that out. I tried not to promote that at all this year because um, obviously we haven't been doing much with it. We've kept it very bare bones. Um, where in the past we did a lot with it. Um, this feels like the show where we do promote it. Um, basically, any money we get from the Patreon goes right back into the show. That's all we've ever done with the money over the years. Um, it's not like we've pocketed it and just blown it on shit um i can tell you right now the same gear i've used for the past three years now uh is the same gear i had whether it doesn't matter how much money we've made uh all the money that we make goes right back into the show whether it's web hosting whether it's buying games so on and so forth so if you're interested in supporting us even from the one dollar tier on upward head over to patreon.com slash um, if you want to check out old episodes of ours, whether it's the Chompcast, our currently dormant side podcasts that we have done in the past that may make a return someday, uh, whether it's Evoking the Sublime, Chomping at the Bits, or Chomping After Dark, um, same thing, SoarChomp.com, you can check those out. You can check out our old editorials from years past there as well. And um, you can check out our lowly merch store if you're itching for sword chomp merch uh, you can check that out there as well uh, this is the one time of the year I've done this so if you're listening you're like god damn this shit you can kiss my ass because I haven't done it all year this is the only time this year I've done that you're welcome um, I, I try to make a conscien- conscientious uh, decision to do that as little as possible this year I've never liked shilling um, myself or our podcast but unfortunately is a necessary evil and so i tried to reduce it to as minimally as i could this year so yeah but anyways enough about us thank you to the patrons thank you so much for supporting us this year whether you've left or you stayed with us uh your support truly truly means the world uh to us it really really does um keeps us here believe it or not um we would probably still be here but even less than we currently are um so the fact that people still want to listen to us i still get messages here and there about our podcast means a lot so thank you um last but not least i want to say thank you to each one of these boys this year to you know be willing to change up the format uh stick with it try new things put up with my randomness my unscripted hosting duties which i admit have been less great as usually when i am scripted so thank you for putting up with all my buffoonery and tomfoolery and uh all that um and last but not least 
it is the holidays. Regardless of if, if you celebrate or not, um, for the rest of the year, I want to say uh, enjoy whatever it is you're going to be doing this holiday season. Stay safe. Um, hopefully you get some gaming in or some nerd time. Hopefully you get some family time in, uh, whether it's with a loved one, like a significant other, or your children, or your mother and father, your grandparents, your extended family, your chosen family, whatever it is. I hope you have a wonderful time with each and every one of them, and I hope you make some wonderful memories um, as we wind down the last 11 days of the year at the time of this recording. I can't believe it. 11 days, and the year's over with. That's insanity. Mm -hmm. Um, What we will be doing next episode is, uh, this is always my favorite episode of the year. Um, We didn't, I don't think we really did it as much this year but we still did a version of it um always at the beginning of the year we like to do what we most anticipate um we kind of did an abbreviated version of that this year i think that's what we're going to do uh for the first episode of next year um hopefully we'll we will have some other small surprises and whatnot so stay tuned for that but um am i missing anything am i missing anything guys before we head out no i think it sounds pretty complete Mm This is what happens when you don't do this shit all year, is you get, guys get to listen to 10 minutes of me doing this. <laughs> it's true. I think some people like the sort of making the sausage in progress sort of talk. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think it's like, it's like when uh, Jerry walks in and Kramer and uh, Newman are making sausage in his apartment, and they're really pleased. But nobody else is really pleased. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to see how the sausage gets made. No. But thank you so much. Thank you, Rich, Ray, and Josh for being here. Not only today, but not only for this year, but for as long as I've known you guys and we've done the podcast together. Josh, obviously longer, but thank you to each one of you guys for doing that with me this year. Um, thank you to each and every one of the listeners, the patrons, and last, but certainly not motherfucking least, I know he has a smile on his face, I know he's excited to say it, Rich, what? send us out for this year. That's what we say. Sounded so pain to say it though. <laughs>